welcome to the podcast <laughs> Unleashed. <laughs> Woo! It is what? Thursday afternoon, folks, and we got an amazing show for you today. Today, let me turn my mic, mic, my mic up. We are, of course, we're reviewing Strange New Worlds and the Orville, all that good stuff. We also have an interview with Scott Grimes. Man, that guy is such a pleasure to speak to. Such a great interview. Yep, and we're talking about some other stuff. Uh, Discovery, uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 5 news and Zack Snyder's and all kinds of great stuff today. It's a, it's going to be an amazing Thursday. Shane and I have a very unique week going on. We are um, just stoked to share it with you because it has been such a crazy week that I'm pretty sure the salt coffers might be overflowing a bit. So it's going to be a really fun show. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Shane, well, I, it was it was nice watching some uh, some TV that didn't that was not so salty uh, to get us ready for Strange New Worlds in the Orville. So that was really great. Uh, the interview with Scott Grimes, guys, it's going to be great, uh, and we'll have that ready for them here, right? We will. It's ready right now. So I got to tell you, a lot of fun. Uh, so glad we did it. And I was getting a little feedback there, but all right. You should be good How are you guys right? doing today? Who do we got over here in the chat? We got Jeremy Snyder, as always, KBG Games, Fractured Vision, Arc Mage, Jeremy Snyder again, and uh, everybody's here. John Burns, nice. Yeah, if you, you guys doing? if you guys saw our Star Wars uh, Kenobi review, and it's hour and a half uh, salt filled uh, review, then I have a, a shirt for you that I specifically wore today. <clears throat> It is the original New Yorker review from 1977. And it says, A film, comic book characters, and uh, an unbelievable story, no political or social commentary, lousy acting, preposterous dialogue, ridiculous, simplistic morality, in other words, a bad movie. It's interesting because I disagreed with that in 1977, but somehow we've come full circle, and finally the New Yorker (laughs) is right. (laughs) It just took a long time for it to happen. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they saw today's Star Wars, and that's what happened. <clears throat> I know we're not here necessarily to talk about, but just quickly about Kenobi. Um, if you haven't seen that video, go check it out. Uh, it's a review we dropped this morning. You know, we came into the Kenobi series actually pretty excited and hopefully, you know, optimistic about it being good, despite the fact that a lot of people, um, you know, were saying it was going to be terrible. And, you know, they ended up being right. In the end, it ended up being terrible. So go check that out. and. I'm sure we'll be talking more about it. Oh, yes, we will. Okay, so this is what we're doing today. Uh, it's real simple. We're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off the show with a little rant, a quick little rant. Then we're gonna start our review. And then after the after the the Strange New Worlds review, we're gonna do uh, the interview with Scott Grimes. And then after that, we're gonna do our Orville review. So get, I don't know, I'm sure if you're, if you're buckled up, you got your popcorn, your drinks, you're ready to go. And then after that, after all that's done, then we have more articles we're going to go into because we got to talk about this Discovery Season 5 uh, scary, almost scary news that just came out. So <laughs> <laughs> it is scary news, too. It is scary right. news. It's like, uh-oh. It's frightening. Uh-oh. Okay. So uh, let's uh, let's get into this rant. I've been waiting. I've been waiting since yesterday. You know, it's funny. When I saw the title of your rant, I was like, can I rant with you, please? 
Yeah, no, we can do it together. Okay, here we go. Okay. Rant of the week. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hulu sucks. <laughs> well, let's be clear. Hulu's the way it works and the way you find content is very difficult. Yeah, the navigation is absolutely horrid. I don't get yeah. it. I watch like two shows on on Hulu. The Orville and I think Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I got I got to know whose idea was it to not actually give me the shows I watch when I log in. There's no continue watching option. It is randomly selecting content from you. And for some reason, it's always the same content that I've never clicked on. Like, I have never, literally never clicked on a Jimmy Fallon episode of television, okay? I've never once uh, watched live CNN coverage or whatever. It's, it's, it's constant. They're hitting you with, a, with live TV that I don't even have access to. And then TV you might like, and nothing on that list is, I, is what I like. And then TV I missed. And then some advertisement for a show I've never seen. And you scroll all the way to the bottom and you get to your stuff, like your TV. And even then, there's no the shows I'm actually watching are not there. Hulu, do whatever you want to do with your front page. But the very first thing on your list should be continue watching. That's it. It is for most, yeah. It is for most streaming services. Yes, for most streaming services, it goes continue watching. Continue, continue watching. Why do I have to constantly go into the search feature, search for the Orville to find it? And then when you click on it, it starts playing like the last last week's episode that you stopped at the credits, and you're like, "How do I get? How do I get back? How do I get back to the episode list?" No- oh my god, there's no way. Oh my god. At this point, I go, "I'm just gonna wait for the credits to end so it auto plays the next episode." That's what most people do, you know. And to be fair, it's not just Hulu that has this problem. I mean, uh, Param- Paramount has a similar issue, where if you hit the continue button, it's like impossible to find like other episodes. So, like, let's say you hit continue because you fell asleep. This is a, this is a really bad one. Let's say you fall asleep in bed and you're watching the show, and it goes like three or four episodes in, right? Now all of a sudden, the next time you come back to watch it, you have to. You have to search it up if you want to be able to not start at that episode. Yeah. And then you can't find the episode. So it's, it is very frustrating and something that seems like a basic fix. So Fractured Vision, you're right. My stuff is at the top, at the very, 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 very top. But even then, you got to scroll through all the shows at one point you said you liked over the last eight years of having this service. It's not like it's showing you what you last watched. And that what you just said is even worse. It's not just when it's like three episodes. I'll start watching like Shameless on season one. And then I go to log in the next day and I fell asleep. And now we're on season four. And I'm like, oh, God. What <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. I don't even know That's where true. I stopped watching. Yeah. And if, they made it, if they made it so you could just click on continue watching and then hit like an episode button like or something or be able to find the episodes. Yes. The way the way it should should, should happen is when you clicked on a, a, a series, it's just take you to that episode list and you can either, quote-unquote, continue watching from there or select a new episode. And you know what's funny? Parent, as much pro, as all with all the problems I have with Paramount, that's what they do. Mm, you know? All right. 
So good rant. Good rant. Yeah. Fix it. Rant. Streaming services. It. You want That's our money? It. Fix it. They're probably like, you're going to pay us anyways. So whatever. Yeah. Paramount does do that thing where like, yeah, it, you have to log in every single time. That does bother me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's so many, these streaming services need to get together. Uh, I gotta be honest. HBO Max is pretty good. They show you continue watching and then you have your mm. my stuff. Like it's very curated to you and what you're doing at that moment. You know, not what you were doing eight years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wish they'd have like a recently watched too. Like, let's say I fall asleep during a movie and it had been like on my list the whole time. And then if I finish the movie, it's gone. So then I gotta go like search it up again and try to find it. I'm like, can what I have like a recently watched? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that too. Okay. So we're gonna, we're gonna jump into it. We're gonna jump into it, man. Anything, anything you want to say before we jump into the, um, yeah. HBO um, Max is legit. KB games. Legit. It's not an advertisement by HBO Max. We are not sponsored by HBO Max. <laughs> I, I mean, they have, they have good content. Their I, streaming service is good. I would like to be sponsored by HBO Max. That'd be great. All right. So you got anything or you want to just jump in the review? Uh, no, let's jump into it. Okay. Let me, uh, let me load it up. I'm loading it up. I guess I can say something while you're loading it. Yeah, go ahead. Let's see. What do we got over here? We got, it says Apple TV stops playing the episode before the episode is finished, Brian. <laughs> He's saying that Apple TV's got its own problems. Oh, it does? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it'll start like, yeah, so, so it's like the auto skip credits. That's what it does. But like it'll because the because all credits are different. Sometimes it'll start playing like when the actors are still talking. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, hey, Danny Rowe. Danny Rowe in the house. Nice. Good to see some of these old faces. Okay, yeah, here we go. Fun episodes. In case you don't know how it works, um, I'm sorry. What was that, Shane? No, go ahead. In case you don't know how it works, if we like something, we give it an upvote. If we dislike something, we give it a downvote. And at the end of the review, we will average those two numbers and give an official podcast score. And here we go. This is Strange New Worlds, Episode 8, and we got a super chat from John Burns. He says, am I the only one who wants to see the President of the Union flying the Orville fighter? Get her done, guys. Oh, yeah, you know who that is? That's Bruce Boxleitner. I can't wait to talk about that. Okay, then we will. But not right this second. Okay. Thank you, John. We are reviewing Strange New Worlds, Episode 8. And this was a very interesting very interesting episode and um someone before the show said listen uh if you guys don't like this then something's wrong because it's everything you wanted you know more hammer less ahura win-win shane should give it a million up folks you know it's you know it's funny the 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 hammer stuff wonderful absolutely i can't wait to upvote that uh that we got some good hammer um and just a little bit of uhura which was good I, i mean we had enough uhura you know, she was fine. Of course, she had to play the bad guy, which is kind of a bummer. I don't see her character being that way. Uh, but, you know, this episode was a little bit like... I was worried about this episode through the first half of it, to be honest with you. Really? I was concerned. Yeah, because it yeah. was 
there was so much of the fantasy story being told that I started to wonder, like, like in a good Star Trek The Next Generation episode, you're going to have this kind of thing play out. But the, the character who's walking through the who's in reality still. Right. Uh, you get more of that. So in this episode, there was so much of the fantasy that I'm like, oh, crap, are they going to do an entire episode where the fantasy is 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 the main part of the story? Or are we going to get, you know, the intrigue of what's actually happening? And they eventually got there. Yeah, I was a little worried about it the uh, same way. I was like, okay, so how are they going to explain this scientifically? And they did. So, I mean, it's science. I mean, so one thing I'm going to say about this episode, it feels like Strange New Worlds is – um. Like they found a bunch of scripts that Gene Roddenberry wrote at the bottom of a <laughs> yes in the bottom of a drawer somewhere, you know. Like they were going, they were rummaging through the you know the storage unit at the old uh, Paramount Studios or whatever, and they found Re- Gene Roddenberry's uh, desk that he uses on used uh, while on the Fox lot on the what was it Fox lot with Lucio Ball whatever. It was and, yeah, and they find that they find a drawer and it has a there's a key it's it's locked. And someone jimmies the drawer and they see, like, oh, Star Trek uh, Season 5. And he had written the whole series and it never got picked up. And they're like, oh, cr- awesome. Not uh, true, by the way. Yeah. Uh, this, is, yeah, this is not true. But every episode feels like a lost Gene Roddenberry script that was doctored up, you know? Which is a compliment. And, and uh, that's a compliment to you writers because Ryan's not saying you guys still ripped off Roddenberry. No. What we're saying is, is this is, feels very Star Trek. Yes. And it's a good thing. Yes. So we start the show off uh, with a sweet shot of the Enterprise. And they're conducting a survey, right, of the nebula. Of a nebula. Of a nebula. Yes. Okay. And then uh, M- Mabenga. Mabenga's back in his... Um, I'm not, I don't say his name right, am I? Mabenga? Well, you, I love doing these shows with you just to listen to you say all the characters' names. Uh, all right. Mabenga is M. Benga. Oh, is it Mbenga? M. It's just the letter M. Yeah, Mbenga. Mabenga sounds. Mabenga. <laughs> That's all right. We'll get to a a, a la la on later. So. La 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 on. Um, yeah, I just call her LNS now. I don't. I don't say her first. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Just in case you guys don't know, uh, I have a pretty hefty speech impediment, and uh, that's why some words uh, elude me. Like yeah, uh, that's Ill- what it is. Irresponsible. I have to really <laughs> think that one through, or like representation. I can't, still can't say rep. Say See, it. Say it. Rep- now representation. Representation. <laughs> now everyone thinks that I'm just making fun of like uh, the, the the slow kid. So thanks. Yeah, I'm the slow kid and slow kid, and Shane is making fun of the slow kid. Okay, how? <laughs> Get on the bus. Get on the short bus. I know. I love Star Trek. <laughs> All right, I'm pretty sure you just took it over. <laughs> I just took it to the next level. Um, but yeah, I, I have difficulty saying certain English words. Because um, my What's primary language is not English. It's actually Klingon. Kapla! <laughs> I think you mispronounced that one, too. I did. All right. <laughs> so Mbenga is having this. He's, he's, he's got a chief medical officer's log. Uh, and, and I think it's great. Each character has kind of got this, you know, um, they do the log at the beginning of the show when you know the episode is going to sort of be about them. Um, at first, I was a little concerned because he started talking about his daughter in this log. And I'm like, wait, isn't she supposed to be like a secret? And then you realize it's his personal log. Right. So. Right. Uh, KB Games just said Brian got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> canceled. Don't worry. We were canceled long ago. 
Yeah, yeah. We were canceled three years ago when we had to change our yeah. channel. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cancellation. So it's uh, he's reading the book, The Kingdom. Ready? I'm going to murder this word. Do it. You got this. The Kingdom of Elysium. Elysium. Nice. Damn it. I was nice so try, close. buddy. Elysium. Nice Elysium? Elysian, yes. Elysian. The Kingdom of Elysian. You got it. Nice. Yes. Um, this is the book that he's been reading to his uh, daughter. He pulls it out of the transporter buffer and, you know, goes through a chapter. And it looks like they've probably um, read through this book a few times, which is if, if you have kids, that's a pretty common thing. I think I've I must have read uh, Sandy the Sad Rabbit or something like 70 times to my kid. Yeah, the sad rabbit. Yeah, some kind of sad rabbit. Audrey, Audrey the sad rabbit. And okay. um, very interesting here because uh, the kid actually, well, she first she, she jockeys for more time outside the transporter because she's lonely. She doesn't want to be out there. Right. But, but she also wants to change the story. And at first it sounds like just what kids want, but it does play into the overall story. So because of that, expert level foreshadowing that I didn't pick up on immediately, I'm going to give it my very first upvote because that was a very clever and subtle foreshadowing. Yeah, I'll take that as well. And the only thing that I have an issue with is, would the child actually be lonely because she's in a pattern buffer? So she's not really aware of time passing, right? Maybe she's lonely because every time she's been out, she's been in that room, in that chair with her dad reading a book. Right, that's true. Which would account to our, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, but they needed to make some connection, so I get it. Yeah. Hey, Kenneth I'll take that too. So you guys, if, if you don't know, uh, Kenneth is one of our members. And uh, there's other members in here. And Kenneth said, uh, hey guys, I thought I'd stop by. It's lonely on the podcast. He's referring to there the member go. section. And yes, in the first half, it's a little lonely over there. Because <laughs> most of you watch over here to give us the boost we need, then come over there. So welcome, Ken. So that's an appropriate lonely thing right there. What Ken is going through is lonely because he's right. truly alone there in the member section. But I don't think, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if he had thing. stayed over there, perhaps a, a, a space brain would have, yes, you know, captured him up. You know, I don't know. I want to know what Kenneth's fantasy would be that we would end up experiencing. I don't think we can put it here on the channel. Canadian Canadian beer. I'm sure that's what it is. All right. Okay. All right, let's um, keep going. So I did like the foreshadowing, though. You know, she wanted to pretty much ship. I'll, give, I'll take the upvote, too. Okay. She was trying to uh, basically ship uh, a couple characters that didn't meet, at, you know, to hook up together and and um, and help the king or whatever. So, so she can get the perfect outcome. And I, I think that's a very childlike thing. Okay. He's like, you can see he's working hard. He's he's yeah. uh, slaving over trying to get a cure for his daughter. Right. You know, it's, it's obviously weighing heavily on his mind. Right. He's still trying to figure it out. And, uh, oh, Doctor, the shuttle crew landed several hours ago. Where are you at, dude? And, uh, and there's this moment with Una both being his boss, but also being a friend. I like that. Listen, you're pushing yourself too hard, but you got to also do your duties, I understand, blah, blah, So that's good. You know, she's an excellent executive officer, I got to tell you. I have a lot of experience with, with XOs, 
and uh, she's really good. Like the, her character is a good XO. Upvote Una. She's just right. doing her job. Star Trek. You guys got it right. Yeah, there's a show I watch called um, The Last Ship. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Yeah. And uh, Adam Baldwin, the actor Adam Baldwin, plays the XO on that um, on that show. Mm-hmm. And he he has a similar personality to, to Una. And I'm always like, ah, I would totally follow that guy around. I would like, I would do what he says. You know. Yeah. It seems like. Um, He's the connection between the captain and the crew, and it works. Yeah, I think you would follow Uno around waiting for her to rip her shirt again. I think that's what would be your motivation. How dare you? <laughs> he's not, he's not wrong, folks. not wrong. Um, it made me sound like a stalker. Like, hey, Uno, what's up? Sorry, I'm sorry. That was an intense moment, though. Yeah. Okay. So, blah, 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 landing party. Okay, here we go. I like this. Pike and Spock. Talking about surveying the nebula and what a nice change of pace. No battles, no, no chaos. And Spock says, uh, you know, the humans have a superstition. Uh, when you bring, when you actually talk about something like that, it's usually, uh, you know, a, no, a bad omen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, calling attention to good things. And uh, yeah, I like this whole interaction with Spock and Pike. In fact, I'm going to give it an upvote. This interaction with Spock and Pike was very Spock and Pike. It's exactly or Kirk and Spock. It's same, same, uh, same chemistry worked. Yeah, very similar. Captain tells Ortega, you know, let's get out of here. Set a course for course for some starbase, and she and again another upboat. I'm sorry, but it was cool. She responds with "Yes, sir." Following the changing change chain of command, um, which. Previous episode, I had downvoted for her for being a little too lackadaisical, and she says to the captain, "Yes, sir. Are you going to say it?" You know, referring to his oh. catch, his catch line. That's what his yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was funny. Hit it, and that was great. But what made it even better was when the, she hit the button and nothing happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I am hitting the captain, but you know. And uh, so they're stuck in the nebula. They can't get out of the nebula. Something's wrong. So they call down to Hammer. You know, what's wrong with the nebula? Hammer. The second I heard Hammer's voice, I was like, oh, thank God. Hammer's in this episode. I'm like, oh, my God. They didn't get rid of him. Thank oh, God. I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving an upvote right now for Hammer being in the episode. <laughs> Can I just say, I also would like to give that an upvote. Um, and I, I also just want to say that I think Hammer is just strongly one of my favorite characters of the show. I cannot believe uh, that he's got to be in every episode. Please. A little yeah. bit of hammer in every episode. Yeah, can I can I downvote uh, first uh, the showrunners for not having the fortitude to believe in this character, and then the fans for not liking the character as much as we do. We made that whole video like who is Hammer, and we're very yeah. by the way we're very proud of that better video. Uh, we'll put the link in the description at some point or on the card or whatever, and. Uh, it might be our lowest viewed video of all, of all time, and it's so weird because, and it's so weird. It's it's all about Hammer, and Hammer's a great character. Am I nuts? Fan- hey, people in the chat, are, are we nuts? Is Hammer not a great character? Or, maybe we're crazy. Yeah, maybe we're not. Maybe we just like engineers too much. I don't know. <laughs> okay, there you go. Brian's drinking on the job. You guys saw that? No, it's not. It's cough syrup. I'm coughing, dude. That's what they all say. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever, bro. Remember people, remember people were confused. You know my mom. Saying you were drink- yeah, remember they, people saying you were drinking? Yeah. There you go. They're like, why, why is 
this guy always so drunk because I mumble a lot. I'm like, oh, I'm not as drunk as you drunk I am. And you guys, I don't, I don't, I don't drink. I don't like. I'll, I'll, do I. I'll, and apparently, I'll, I'll pair up. I'll pair a Stella with a steak sometimes, or you know, uh, I'll use sake to cook with or whatever. But like, I'm not against alcohol. I just don't. I'm just not very alcohol. I, I like a decent whiskey on the rocks, depending on the setting. But I am not someone who comes home and drinks every day. It's just not. I've never been that guy. He sounds like an alcoholic guy, doesn't he? You can just hey, like the way he's What are you talking here. about? I don't got a problem. <laughs> I don't got a problem at all. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, okay. Do you think do you think they made Uhura the bad guy in this episode because of all the bad things I've been saying about her? <laughs> yeah. They watch our show, they're like, We got we gotta we gotta change it up. We gotta double down. Archmage Frey too- said Hammer is my favorite and he seems to have a good double act potential. I agree. Uh, KB Games, you're not nuts, but he got he's got to logically work in the story. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like the engineer of the ship can almost always logically operate in the story, right? Seems like it. Yeah, I, I like. They did Hammer. show engineering last episode, and there was no Hammer there, which I thought was weird. Yeah, I like Hammer from Norman Butchwald. I like Hammer. Want to know more about him? Hey, got a great video for you to watch. <laughs> Norman probably saw it. Norman probably saw it. You see, did you see that, Norman? You see Norman's our, not the problem. Our prime video. Um, uh, <laughs> her is on rotations. Makes sense for her to do various jobs. He's just an engineer. But he was the chief engineer. Oh, that's yeah. true. All right. I just give I don't care. I don't care if he's just hanging out on the bridge. Yeah. Let him hang out on the bridge and cross his arms. John Burns, uh, RUD's nuts. No. That meme never goes bad. It's never old. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, yes, KB. I want to see a a nice five minute shot of him cleaning the exhaust manifold every episode. Right. Just give me just give me a, a sweeping shot of him doing something, and then continue on with the story. I don't know. He's a chief engineer. Let him engineer. say something salty every episode. And, I mean, look, okay, let's talk about chief engineers real quick. Scotty, literally sitting in the captain's chair of the ship multiple episodes. Always interacting with the captain, explaining what can be done and what can't be done. He's a part of the core crew. Uh, TNG, Jordan the Forge, almost in, almost every episode. Multiple episodes literally centered around him. Even Voyager. Voyager. Right? Uh, angry. Balana. Klingon. Balana. Thank Balana you. Balana Taurus, yeah. Constantly in every single scene, I, as much, much as to I, your chagrin, yes, yes, I don't even like that character. That's my, that's one of my, that's my worst character in Voyager, aside from the those ridiculously horrible villains, the Kazon. Not in my opinion, I don't like Neelix. I like Neelix. Yeah, so that's yeah, difference of opinion. And then DS Nine, and it was Miles O'Brien, right? Every episode. Well, he was he the chief? Yeah, I guess he was. Yeah, right. So I don't, I don't oh, Enterprise. Tucker, trip in every episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what? What? Why can't we have uh, more <laughs> hammer? I don't. Well, we did in this episode. We got more hammer. I think it was appropriate what happened. It's just the last three episodes he wasn't there at all. Right. So I think that was the problem. But this only... episode was good, and there's only two so... episodes left. So. Right. So hopefully he's in both. I hope so. Okay, let me get rid of this D's nuts comment. Yeah, that's yeah. great though. Yes, we haven't seen Sam Kirk. I would have loved to have seen, seen, seen Sam, seen, Jesus, 
seen Sam Kirk in uh, this episode and just get like stabbed, stabbed by a sword. Just like oh, get... in the fantasy part of it. That <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. All right, so they're trying to get out. You know, blah blah blah. We go back to Mabenga, and he's he gets in the turbo lift. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mbenga. Yes, gets in the turbo lift to come to the bridge, and comes out the turbo lift a king. You know, I gotta say, he looks like a king. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes, he's got that like dignified face. Sure. Yeah, he also Uh, speaks with like gravitas. Like he's very calm and collected. This was a good. This is a good show. A uh, good episode for him, for sure. You know what? What I find curious about this episode is is they don't really ever explain how the entire the, the ship is still there, but it's dressed up like this medieval kingdom, right? Usually, in a Star Trek episode, they usually end up in another location, right? Yeah. Uh, there's there's more transformation of what's happening, and I thought it's interesting that there's this this uh, this really fleshed over combination of both things happening at the same time. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. In other episodes, you would see them in Sherwood forest or some kind of like when they're like moved away from the ship, they're in some other setting. Right. And in this situation, the one thing that's never really clear is this creature in the nebula was able to materialize all this stuff. Something that we didn't, it was really not explored, but I, I just, that was very, it was something that was really going through my brain the whole time we were doing it. Maybe it materialized it in their mind. Hmm. All right. Maybe he remembered because of his connection to his daughter and hmm. Hammer remembered because, he, you know, he remembered he had memories because of his ability to block the entity. However, it didn't stop them from seeing the same things everyone else was seeing. Interesting. Okay. Because they're able to use the ship. Like he wasn't able to talk to the ship, but he was able to actually use the ship computers and tools and all that. Correct. Yeah. Uh, KB said maybe it was COVID related. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, they couldn't go on vacation and they just dressed it up. No, he's not. He was talking about him or not being in the, show, in the episodes. Oh, well, maybe. <clears throat> I guess we haven't heard anything about that yet. Yeah. I do know that the promotional material for Hammer, the person playing, the person that's dressed up as Hammer in like the posters and all that, is not Hammer. Uh-huh. It's not the actor that plays Hammer because it, you can actually zoom in on his eyes and like person, the person that's that's appearing as Hammer doesn't have the same facial structure and, and is not blind. Um, Okay, so Pike is really operating here. He, this guy's an actor, man. This guy's an actor. That's like the statement of the obvious. I mean, he's a he's really, a good actor. He's a good actor. Like it's yeah. a one, it's a one eighty from his character, right? Yeah, and I did give him an upvote for just him playing a basically the complete opposite of Pike, and he's this like scaredy cat kind of uh, coward. Right. Yeah, he held the king. So now. And if you notice, most of the characters uh, uh-huh. actually play the opposite of themselves. So Uhura is Uhura is is, is mean. Laon is cheerful. Um, is and there's a lot of this opposite swapping occurring. Is she cheerful though? Laon? Yeah. Uh, yeah, she seems happy, and she's completely opposite of what her normal character is. Interesting. You didn't notice that. 
No. She's singing. Okay. No, yeah, no. I guess. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Me is the opposite. I, I apologize. I, I was thinking of um, I was thinking of Una when you said that. My bad. Oh, yeah. Lawn no, was completely was... different. You're right. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Um, going back to this. Sorry. All right. So uh, yeah, he's he starts figuring it out. He, he instantly starts re- uh, remembering and sort of you know identifying that these are characters in his in the book, his kid's book, right? Right. And uh, really well acted this whole this whole thing, and he, and uh, Pike's interaction with the new Ortegas is hilariously good. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. And I'm not gonna give it up though because I just gave you an up vote, but very good like and they, they continue that relationship the whole time and it's very good um now this is around the time though like when he when they when he leaves the bridge i start oh, so, i'm sorry let's back up a little bit he does he is you this is when they um uh they tell the audience that they can use the computer and the ship's the ship's systems because he's able to actually use the computer and get a read on what's going on right right um, but when he leaves the bridge, and I'm going to scan through that, I start to feel a little worried because, I mean, to be honest, because yeah, I'm looking at the time and I'm like, okay, you know, there's no clear indication of what's happening. If they spend too much time in this fantasy without explaining it, you know, just because um, it's going to lose a little bit of the seriousness that Trek does. So I was a little worried about that, to be honest. Yeah, no, I had that. That was so strongly feeling that. In fact, to the point of, uh, you know, I was like, I, I think I'm going to end up downvoting this. Uh, it's just kind of taking too long. But they do manage to get out of it, I think, just in the nick of time. Nick of time. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and had he not been using the ship's systems that whole entire time, it would have bothered me. Right. And I think that, you know, the, the elevated, uh, I think they had elevated. Um, elevated dopamine. Dopamine. Which I guess that's a way for the for the the entity to control their brain or something. So that, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, if yeah he, yeah it's a, if they're happy, they're more susceptible to right influence. Um, yeah, he uses devices, blah blah. Okay, oh okay, so this is when LNS comes in. Say the name. Laon. Laon. Laon Nunyan Saint, and I. For the first time in a long time, I'm going to give her an upvote because. <laughs> give us the specific reason why you're upvoting her right now. It's not the, because the way she's dressed. I know everyone's thinking right. that in their in their brain. It's not. <laughs> it's not not because of the way she's dressed either. <laughs> okay, I love your honesty. Give me an upvote as well. She's got some pretty good uh, pipes on her. She sings pretty well. And I just like seeing her character in this opposite sort of fashion. Yeah, totally opposite. Like a completely different person, which was really great. If you guys have ever seen a show called Brooklyn Nine Nine, there's a character that plays um, uh, Beat. I forgot the actress's name is Beatrice something, but she plays like this like badass. Like I carry a knife with me. I speak like this, and I'm gonna kill bad guys. Um, detective, right? But in real life, she has glasses and she speaks like that. She's like, I just love everything. I'm so happy. It was, it was just like that. It was like the character that Beatrice, Sophia, uh, Beatrice plays versus this character. It was very, very cool. And I, I liked how she was able to pull that off. 
Agreed. <clears throat> All right. This is the hammer uh, portion. And he's here. Yes, hammer is here. Care. And you immediately find out that he's not susceptible to it. Right. Yes, which you know, I he's love. talking about being court-martialed, and you guys work for me, and all kinds of stuff. Right. I'm your superior. I am your superior, sir. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and they're they're looking for this. You know, we're trying to figure out who's the bad guy, and Banga's still trying to figure out this whole situation, like what's going on. Uh, and I, I think he's finally relieved to find out there's somebody else who who's not susceptible to what's happening. Yes, and you know, I I. I, I almost immediately in my mind, I was like, oh, so it's because he's a telepath or something, you know, it's because of his what strong. What's that? And that's what it was. Right. Yeah. And I, I pretty much immediately knew that, um, yeah. which I liked because I was like, oh, that means that he's going to be a big part of this episode and sort of solving the problem, which was exactly what it, what it came down to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the red guard was great. Uh, Leon Leon did great here. Um, I want to sort of scan through this. This is all great when they're like, "Hey, listen, the kingdom. This I know this is neutral ground, but you gotta, you gotta come. Uh, you gotta deal with this queen. Blah blah. We don't, yet, we don't yet know that's a hero. Yeah. And they sort of argue it out. And so they're taking him, and they're taking him, and they're gonna lock him up or whatever, right? <laughs> what he put? By the way, he's playing the wizard caster. Yeah, it's just funny the way you're dragging him away. I thought it was funny. Okay, so this is when they, yeah, so they they get together, they try to figure out where he's at. This is interesting. How do they know where everything's at on the ship? That's a weird thing to me. Like, like that is like oh. a battle plan, right? Right. You're talking about the characters who are under the spell? Yes. Under the, who are being controlled? Yeah. Mbenga um, uh, is looking at the at that table being like, okay, we gotta go over there. Like, well, where's, where's over there? Like, yeah, they seem to be just kind of. It was important that he was the king in this situation because they just kind of do whatever he says, right? Uh, so that kind of worked out. In that, I think that's probably what it is. Cool. And maybe on some deep level, they understand what's happening, uh, and there's only this topical kind of change to them, right? Right. Um, and she did great again. You know, the whole, the whole, every part with Lawn was very, very good. I love the hair part in the middle and with Pike. Yes. And perhaps <laughs> diplomacy. Perhaps I should stay behind. <laughs> Just a coward. Her her sword is uh her the name of her sword is called Starfall Starfall. I thought was thought that was cool. Starfall is thirsty. Starfall is thirsty. Um everything's good here. Scanning through, we're gonna get to Spock. This is the good stuff. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they should need video of this and show it to Spock later. That's that's what needs to happen. Yeah, so Spock is playing this character that is Caster's brother, another wizard, right? right? And um, uh, Mbenga knows that because from the book, and he's able to speak to him. And, and I like this scene when when he goes, okay, I'll aid you, follow me. And uh, Ortegas asks Mbenga, um, do you trust him? He goes, not at all. <laughs> right, right. You know, how do you know you can trust him? I know I can't trust him. <laughs> like immediately. He knows that immediately. I love how they use the Jeffrey's tubes as well. Yes. Here, you know. That was nice. Yes. I still feel like the Jeffrey's 
this little side side quest here, guys. No pun intended. The jet freeze tubes shouldn't have artificial gravity. If you have to, if you have to, if you have to uh-huh. crawl around in them and use ladders and all that, just turn the gravity off in the Jeffries tubes. I can you just turn the gravity off and like that? It wouldn't have to be a completely sectioned off part of the ship. No, no, they have localized gravity. You know, like in 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 TNG at least, they're able to control gravity via the room they're in. You know, even in Enterprise, there was parts of the ship that didn't have gravity. I mean, I could see. I don't even know how it would work, to be honest with you, and how they would remove gravity from different parts of the ship. But, uh, you know, it's very traditional, you know, TOS. You know, nobody's floating through Jeffrey's tubes in any of the series where we watch, so it's 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 reasonable. That's fair. Okay, so um, another quick upvote. Oh, and why are we upvoting this one, Brian? Because she does a really good job. Her acting is really quite, quite exemplary listen guys you know you get quality reviews when you come to the podcast (laughs) based on how well the episodes are put together (laughs) um (laughs) whatever she did good i'm actually i'm actually upvoting spock and her because they both do well nice um i listen when i saw the preview for this i fully expected this to be like 80 percent cringe Okay, yeah. And I had that feeling. It somehow wasn't cringe. Well, that's because the acting was good. Right. You know, they played their parts. The characters were different. So it was interesting enough to watch. Uh, Nurse Chapel almost lost me in her part. But uh, after that, it got a little more interesting. Right. That's why That's why Nurse Chapel, for me, also did not get a um, an upvote. But not a downvote. Right. Just, it was just a man. Yeah. All right, and Pike says, I knew I should have stayed in the castle. It's hilarious. <laughs> so great. So they figure out that um, she's looking for the Mercury Stone. She acts like he ha- like he has it. And they lock him up. And I love this. Pike's like, I can't. I'm not going to survive in here. That's so good. <laughs> I love how the uh, the entity um, actually used, you know, iron gates on the jail. Yes. You yeah. know, Instead obviously it wouldn't be like that ordinarily. Right. Yeah. That was great. Yep, they're all, and that's when he explains the hammer. They're all playing uh, characters from a children's book. It's a long story. Where is the Mercury Stone? Of course, Hammer doesn't actually know where the Mercury Stone is because he's not the character, right? Right. But he has a magic wand. I love this. I love the whole science and abracadabra, and you know, it's the character. This is one of the things you love about characters when they have this moment where he, he asks Mbenga, "What would?" Uh, what would a magician, a human magician say? And he said, abracadabra. And he's like, I like that. You know, it's like this moment where it's like, it's the little things like that with a character where that's going to stay with him now forever for the rest of Star Trek. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, abracadabra. And now I want a t-shirt right. with Hammer's face on it that says abracadabra. I'm not gonna yeah, exactly. Um, he goes, uh, don't look, it'll blind you. And, and I think uh, Ortega's asked, what about you? He's like, I'm a wizard. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'm really blind, so you know it won't matter. But yeah, it's good. Not bad, wizard. It's so great. They're all shocked. Yeah, it was great. Um, so yeah, we got up, we got to upvote Abracadabra. Are you got going in too? Yes, hundred percent. And the wizard conjures way out of a cell. Uh, when Spock goes, uh, my magic is more powerful. <laughs> so, 
All right. Um, they're going to Oh, this out. is good. That whole fight scene. Yes. He runs away. <laughs> That's great. So great. This guy, Pike goes from like being like the, the wild, wild west, you know, fearless captain to being like <laughs> just a court jester coward. That's great. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, they fight it out. Blah, blah. All right. This is when Archer love, shows up. All right. I love, I love how she says, uh, you're unarmed. And then she like takes that dude's sword. And she's like, I've armed myself. <laughs> you know, Ortega's is just really great. Yeah. Yeah. Ortega's is actually growing on me. Um, first couple episodes, I, I, you know, I was, I kept saying the same thing. Like, I don't really know about this character yet. This character seems, but the character itself is really growing on me. Her little quips, her quippiness with the ability to also, you know, be a Starfleet officer, follow a chain of command is nice. I think because of my post-traumatic stress disorder from discovery, I keep looking at every character with a weird shaved uh, side, you know, shaved head. And I'm assuming they're going to be like just insubordinate the entire times. And that's not what we're getting from Ortega. She is not insubordinate. She's, she has, she has a personality and it's really growing on me. While you stay here on the shot. Okay. I just want to go ahead and, uh, and give this an upvote. Okay. Because I'm I'm just I'm getting my Lord of the Rings vibes going on here, and I just got a thing for female elves with, with, uh, with bow and arrows. So, there you go. Oh, okay. My moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. If her ears were like pointed, we'd 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 be getting somewhere. Okay. Well, all right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, you got the other two to upvote, so I figure yeah. you know. Yeah. It. Yeah. I am. In, I'm also into the elf. The elf, the night Listen, elf. good-looking women in Star Trek has always been important. Good-looking men, good-looking women. Yeah. I don't see why we can't have attractive characters. I don't. I, it's important, right? And we ain't unattractive characters. Whatever, beauty is subjective. Nerd love too, bro. But don't like, but don't like go full one way and just be like, no attractive characters, only unattractive characters. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't have to be attractive to be in Star Trek. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, but there's, but I. You can have both. You don't have, not, you know. <laughs> All right. Moving on from this. Run <laughs> away <laughs> as far as I can. Sorry I made that weird for you. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. All right. So that's what they, they identify that there is a entity of some sort inside the nebula that is able to create this new reality and infect the crew. And Hammer was able to avoid it because of his, uh, extremely uh, honed telepathic abilities. He was able to block said entity. However, it's a consciousness without a body floating in space. Right. Right. But it's, it's inside the nebula, right? I mean, a nebula is merely just gas. So, but, 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 but but it's localized because he says at the end, like she has to stay here for this to work. Well, it's like being inside of a cloud, I guess Hmm. in space. Okay. So it's still a consciousness without a body. Yeah, it's called Bolts, Boltzmann Brain. All right, so. Yeah. That's why I looked that up real quick. Bolts, Bolt, Boltzmann Brain. Is that a real thing? Because if it is, I'm giving it an upvote. And it is. Okay. All right, read it. 
Um, according to this, says, uh, the Boltzmann brain thought experiment suggests that it might be more likely for a single brain to spontaneously form in a void, complete with a memory of having existed in our universe, rather than for the entire universe to come about in the manner cosmo- cosmologists, oh my god, think it actually did. Physicists used the Boltzmann brain thought experiment as a reducto, an absurdium argument for elevating competing scientific theories. Whatever, that's awesome. A photo away. <laughs> I mean, if the universe can be created in any ways, then I think anything that can be created within the universe would be more likely than the universe being created. Interesting how he said, like, yeah, it's more likely that this would develop versus an actual. So he's saying it's more likely that, like, there's a god was created versus the universe was spontaneously created. That's what that means. That's Correct. Sort of cool. Yeah. That you know, yeah. Hey, there's a there's a theory about the you know creation of God, you know. Um, all right, so very cool upvote from me because you're using actual science, bro. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, and they figure out that they need to like speak to this entity, um, and deal with, make a deal with it or whatever. All right, boom, boom, boom. Oh, no, no, no. They figure out, actually, that the Mercury Stone is his daughter. And where, right. would, it, where would his daughter be? He, she always wanted to visit his quarters, so that's where she would be. Right. Okay. All right, there's a really cool scene coming up I can't wait to get to. So Spock, evil, conniving. He's Loki, overhearing. Loki Spock is overhearing the whole thing with his mouth. <laughs> Loki Spock. Loki Spock. Oh, yeah, Spokey. Okay, this, this character, we're going we're gonna to call him Spokey. This is Spokey. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. Spokey TNG had Nagelium. Uh, that was like that one random, like the guy with the face. Hello, mm-hmm. Captain. Remember Nagelium or Zero? Yeah, yeah. He's also got his like George Michaels beard going on there. Yes, the chemical that Mbenga used in the start of the episode is real too. That's right. That's cool. Okay. All right. So he overhears. He goes and tells the queen, of course. The coward makes a deal with the queen to um, betray Mbenga. All right, they're trying to figure it out. Blah blah. blah. Took a. They're trying. So they were trying to find out where she was, and they. She's not in the buffer, so that means she's on the ship. She's in this. She's in his his quarters. So I'm I'm pushing through this pretty quickly. All right. I mean, um, a lot of it is conjecture, anyways. It's a lot of it's fantasy story. Right. Right. Okay. And this one's you know, he Pike. Uh, betrays his king and uh, this whole uh, standoff happens. I'm sorry, your majesty. I'll uh, be honest, Uhura looks pretty scary, man. She looks like she she would take you down. Yeah. She She's kind of buff. She looks fantastic. I'm about to upvote her again if you keep talking about her. Um, <laughs> all right. Don't threaten me with an upvote. So this is great because uh, <laughs> Hammer's like, uh, continue on this quest and I will send you to the dark realm of the adventure. I love this. Such a, this is a great... I'm upvoting this because this is so good. Yes, me too. Upvote for me too. So good. This whole scene is good. This with whole the scene. Abra! Kadabra! It's a communicator. And he transports him away. <laughs> so good. It was great. If you don't love Hammer, I'm sorry. I know everybody's like, you guys got such a such a woody for Hammer. We do because he's great. He's the best character that is being underused. 
So the best character, underrated yeah. character, in my opinion. Like, first off, he is a character, the first character in Star Trek to be to come from Enterprise. The first character from a species yes. that was introduced in Enterprise in 2002. That's a big deal. Especially if you're an Enterprise fan, like that's a big deal, okay? Um, secondly, the the species alone, I said this when we watched the Enterprise episode, like that's a cool species. Like we need to see more of them. We are, he's a badass, and he's the end chief engineer. I mean, you can't get better than that. The actor's a very good actor, he actually has a disability. They're pulling off the writing. My only criticism is we need to see more. That's why. That's why I have a hard on for Hammer because Hammer is awesome. All right, his daughter's in the quarters. You know, um, she finds out that she is no longer um, sick. So her friend, which is the entity, the Boltzmann brain, made her better. And this is when he realizes he needs to speak to the Boltzmann brain. So he's talking to the Boltzmann brain through Hammer. Hammer says, listen, I'll do this, but it's, you know, it's painful. So keep it brief, right? Be gentle. Yes. Okay. We want to explain this whole thing. Yeah, it's a pretty reasonable conversation. Um, You know, they're having this conversation back and forth. The entity basically says, leave the girl. Uh, You know, you had her locked up and trapped uh, inside the ship where she couldn't get out. And he had to explain, I was trying to save her. The entity seems to understand uh, and says, well, so you, you have two choices, either your crew or your daughter. And he goes, you can't make me choose that. You can't make me do that. And that's, then a said, well, that's a horrible choice. That's a horrible. That's a, that's an impossible choice. It's yeah. an impossible so, choice because like, let's say you choose your daughter, right? Let's say I choose my daughter and you damn 250 people or whatever that not only are, 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 you know, human beings, but also your friends to damnation that, you would be to to choose that as someone who would do whatever I need to do for my daughter. That would almost that would be tainting your daughter's legacy because in order to save her, you had to damn two hundred and fifty other people. Yeah, they they let him off the hook here, and I I think um, there's a downvote actually coming um, for this episode. Uh, they let Mbanga off the hook. He's got to make a really terrible choice, a really difficult choice. In the end, it's the right choice because he doesn't know if he can if he can uh, if he can cure his daughter, and he's running out of time. And this would essentially allow uh, allow her to her consciousness at least to exist forever, possibly. Right. And so he lets her go. Um, but the problem is, is that the writers should have just let it be that they should have let it go at that. And instead, because they don't want Mbenga to be burdened with the fact that his daughter is, is he just let his child, as a child, go, uh, not to know what's happening to her. They, he gives the moment where he gets to see her basically as an adult. And that's kind of cheating in my, in, you know, to let him off the hook. You kind of remove all of the emotional anguish that would come from that. Now, maybe in season two, we see her again. It would have been a great callback would have been a great way to tie it together and it would have had emotional impact to find out what happened to her maybe later in another episode. But to do it within seconds, I mean, yes, it is something that you can do. 
I think what they wanted to do was move on from this character. We've had the little girl in the buffer all season, and they wanted to be able to stretch Mbenga's legs and give him other things to think about and worry about and kind of just be done with this character. Yes, um, I agree. But it is a little bit, I would say it's a little bit on the weaker side. So I'm actually going to upvote it, and I'll tell you why. I said it last week. I'm getting tired of this story arc with him and his kid. And not that I don't like it, but, and I said it, I said, listen, they're bringing it up every episode. Pretty much every time you see Mpanga, they're bringing up this, this story arc and there's no progression. There's nothing. There's, it doesn't add anything to the story. I said it last week. I literally said, like, if they don't resolve this story arc by the end of the season, I'm going to be annoyed. At the very least, I'm going to be annoyed. Um, right. And literally the next episode resolved um and it might have been a little bit of a cheap resolve so i'm gonna drop it down a point it was a little cheap but it wasn't but it wasn't bad and yeah it was bad. what's that it wasn't bad you're right right and this might actually be a really cool sort of trek uh theory craft here because like maybe that's the start of the travelers or Maybe it has something to do with the queue. Maybe this is like the beginning of one of these, like all sort of like these godlike, overly over OP characters in future Trek. Who knows? It can't be, unfortunately. So, because with the travelers, they were around for thousands and thousands of years before, because they were taking people from Earth long before. And of course, Q is, you know, even older or, yeah, or at no. least extraordinarily old. Here's the problem. You are thinking in a linear way as a human being would think. But at the end of this episode, when she appears to him and she says time works differently, it's completely different. They can experience any point in time. I'm not saying it started with her, right? I'm saying that the being could have been around for thousands of years, but all of a sudden the injection of a human consciousness is what sets them on the path to becoming a Q-like uh, being. Because time I mean, to them doesn't happen right way. now, though. My problem is it's happening right now. So, I, and I, you got to be really careful when you deal with this, like time can be anywhere, point in time and all stuff. You start to really lose people when you start to play these time shenanigans like this. And, uh, and so I would say, you know, if Canon has decided the travelers are whatever, thousands of years old and Q is millions of years old, you can't create that now. And I know that's something that we talk about a lot in our stuff. It's like, well, maybe this is the creation of the Q, or maybe this is the creation of this, you know, uh, bullshit, I say. Uh, and I say it strongly, bullshit, that you can create it in any of these situations uh, arbitrarily and then have it, you know, dash out into time. And now it's accepted as, as canon. I just think it's cheating. We don't know how long the Boltzmann brain's been around. Maybe it's the injection know, of a human consciousness is what is what allows is what puts them on the path of forming like that connection with human humanity. Well, I'm saying, but if you're saying that they made that connection a long time ago, that's fine. But if you're saying they made that connection now and that resulted in the travelers being created thousands of years ago or something like that, or the queue being created, then no, I would I'm, say I'm saying it's more like their motivations for being so involved with humanity, right? Like Q is so involved in humanity. He's the, they're so interested in humanity, or at least Q and some other P Qs are. It might have been because of the injection of a human consciousness into the right now. Realm. Yeah, right now. 
This no, is what no, this is what was, this is this is why in 30 years you see uh tri, what's that trio trio whatever the, the 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 TOS version of Q interacting in some way with well it's just a few years away I guess or whatever it was the 10 years from now when the TOS version of crew is uh, of Q is um interacting with the with the crew because this injection of human consciousness into the Boltzmann brain I don't know I uh I think we're really stretching it here. You want it to be more cut and dry, like they just evolved millions of years ago, and that's where we're at. I just, I just don't think it's re- it's realistic or fair to uh, to say that it happened. Something that happened in the future resulted the past. No, no, because this, this I, is I, the past, though. For us, we've never seen. No, there's, there's been no mention of the Q at the uh, up until ten years from now. When, when, when? I mean, in theory. When the yeah. TOS crew meet with that tree, whatever that guy's name is, the guy with the set of the T. So here's the deal. What if the Q existed that way, but their fascination with humanity um, started as a result of a human consciousness joining their ranks? Well, but, but the Q have existed for, you know, at least 4 billion years, according to, you know, according to everything out there. So it would just be really tough to, I don't know. To all connect right. those two things. All right. All right. We, we're just made too much time thinking about this. Or I'm, we're doing it very nicely, though. We could fight over it. Be like, no, you're wrong. Rah, I mean, we hit yeah. Somebody. yeah. This is what happens, by the way. Is Shane and I usually, uh, when, we're doing, when we're having meetings about our other channel, our main channel, this is what we do for hours. Just no. No. No, yes. No, yes. <laughs> yes, no. But what about this? Oh, yeah. oh, okay. You're right there. But what about this? No. <laughs> Three hours later. Well, there's no video there. It doesn't make any sense. There's okay. no video. <laughs> I think who said it best here? Uh, somebody said that uh, they can't leave the nebula, so it doesn't matter anyway. It's KBG games. So it's like, okay, fair enough. I'll go with that. You can't leave the nebula. So Okay. All right. But how did you project her as like an adult? I don't know. I, I guess I don't want to look at it too closely because I, I don't know. <laughs> Your brain it sure seems like, awful. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, ah, time, stop it, stop it, stop. All right. So uh, so they established that she's never going to know death. She's going to live and play in these fantasies. A perfect, a heaven for a kid. This is basically heaven, right? Yeah. This is like a manifestation of heaven. She leaves her physical body and her consciousness floats around Ooh. being a kid forever. What if it's the start of the Nexus? Oh, snaps. There you go. Could be that. Yeah. What if it starts to travel? And that's what starts yeah. the nexus, and it starts yeah. traveling because that the child's human child's consciousness is what makes it want to explore. Yeah, there we go. Maybe it was stationary for a millennia because it had no reason to leave, but now with the injection of a of a cur- curious child's consciousness, yes, it, it starts nice. to move. There we go. Okay, All right. So there we go. We see. We All came right. up with a theory. Are is you there a video there, knowing? guys? Huh? Huh? Should we, should we make a video? The start of the world nexus. creates the nebula. Yep. World creates the uh, nexus. What do we have? The nexus. All right. So basically, you know, it releases the child. Let's her, you know, very touching moment. Kid that was release. sad. Yeah. As a father of a young of young daughters, you know, this would. Uh, let me tell you I something. Like to see I almost want to downvote and bang up because I would be crying like a baby. I would have liked to see a little more sadness from him, a little more gut wrenching. Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to downvote. I hate to downvote a yeah, sad guy, too. but me too. give it to me too. And I like the character, and I like the actor, 
there should have been more sadness here. Like you just like your your daughter's gone. And maybe you're off the hook, and maybe it's the best case scenario. Right. But I mean you're still not gonna be able to interact with your daughter anymore, right? Right. Uh, Until Oh, there there you are. So I gotta download this too. I already gave it the download, so Yeah, that's right, you did. Um as much as as nice as this was for closure for Mbenga, mm-hmm. it shouldn't have happened here. Cheating. Yeah. It should have ended with his daughter floating away to the nebula. Nebula. Um, and, you know, it should have, you know, the camera should have zoomed in on his face and he should have had a tear coming down his cheer, his tear. Yeah, sorry. God damn. A tear coming down his cheek. It should have been a, a moment for him where he is torn he is sad that he's no longer going to see his daughter, but he knows this is the absolute best case scenario. It should have been one of those moments where, you know, there's nothing you can do. This is the best you can do. And it sucks, but it's the best you got. And Well, and it's also a great opportunity for us to build in the depth of the character of Mbenga. So he could have carried that tragic tragedy with him inside and we could see that as his character is growing and developing right you know now it's it's happened and it's and it's over now he's going to go along happily thinking okay everything's cool with my kid you know and you lose something there a little bit right yeah i agree um and and then introducing his daughter right afterwards it's like oh here's your here's here's your father with no with very little emotions on this and then instantly reappearing, giving you giving you closure. It's not, and he, not, he does he does cry there. He has some emotion, but it should have, it should have happened as a daughter. Yeah, yeah, or as a kid. Yeah, as a kid. Sorry. All right, then uh, Hammer wakes up. I had the worst headache. He doesn't remember a thing. Another thing is, it sucks having to remember all this. Mm. That's one That's, thing. Yes, is it? I mean. Everyone, no one knows anything, but he remembers the whole saga. So he has to remember his daughter. I mean, yeah. I mean, still, but he's living with the fact that she's going to live forever and everything's cool. And he's now seen her grow. I mean, his, it's, it's not really a, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a better case scenario for him than it could have been. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. And no one remembers nothing. They just lost five hours of their life. And then uh, he's got to explain that she that his daughter's good. No one on the ship remembers. Blah blah. Okay, and that's it, man. That's it. Overall, uh, I thought the episode was good. It's not the best episode, but it was very Star Trek. It was very you know lined up with. Uh, uh, it reminded me of a TOS episode, right? Um, and so, therefore, overall, I give it an upvote. Yeah, and I'll give it an upvote too because overall, it was like I said, it's it's like. It's like they found a bunch of uh, Gene Roddenberry uh, unused scripts, and they're just like punching them up and making them modern. It's good. Um, again, and then, and that is not a criticism. That is that is a that's a compliment. You know. Okay, so that is it. Our official podcast score is seven point five. I like, I I like love, a, oh, you, should, you know what you should have said? Abracadabra. Abracadabra. <laughs> 7.5. Maybe <laughs> right. I'll animate that on the screen. And that's it. Uh, all right. Well, pretty good episode. I mean, we got two more left, right? Nine and ten. Yeah. Um, 
you know. Um, Can I downvote the fact there's only two left? Jeez. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We have pretty good trek going on here. Um, there does, I, I don't know if it's just me or did, does it still feel like something's missing? I can't quite put my finger on it. I really like it, but I'm not in love with it yet. And maybe right. it takes a season or two to really fall in love with something, you know, uh, but I do not look at the characters and think, oh my God, I love these characters right. yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I but for the first time in a very long time, I am looking forward uh, to every episode of Strange New Worlds. That's a good point. I think I am too. Yeah, like every Wednesday, I'm like, oh, hey, psh, Strange New Worlds. All right, got something to do. You know, get my uh, get my food, settle down. Not a whole lot of TV does that for me nowadays, folks. So. That's a good point, especially after watching Kenobi and then going, "Whew! Thank God we got Strange New Worlds coming." <laughs> so true. Listen, if you haven't subscribed on the way to the comment section to tell us how insanely wrong we are, hit that subscribe button, the like button, all the, all the other buttons. And if you are watching live, please hit that like button and let's pump, 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 pump it up. <laughs> all right, what we got here? Uh, looks like Scott Grimes is up. So what's what's next? Well, we're, let's, yeah. We're going to interview yeah. Scott Grimes. Then we're going to review The Orville, episode four, right? And then some other stuff. So, what do you want? What do you want to say? I, I think there's some just good stuff. KBJ, KBG Games, KB Games. You always have good comments, buddy. Uh, he says you got to miss them first. You don't miss them yet. So we won't fall in love with the characters until after the season's over, and we have to wait for season two. And I think he's really got a good, a right. good point there. Um, Fractured Vision is every shot a medium shot in the show? That's a good question. I, I, there, there's very few establishing shots. Uh, I mean, I, there are some close-ups. You're probably right. It's mostly medium shots. Yeah, we see some long shots when, when it, like, of the captain when he is when they're pulling away, like uh, in his chair. Yeah, that's true. Or, or even long shots of uh, last uh, two episodes ago when Mabenga was um, was a uh, in sick bay, and you had that long shot of him in the in you know reading to his daughter and then that amazing transition where the camera sort of seamlessly pulls out, moves on the corridor and transitions right into someone else's uh, bunk. That was a really cool shot. That's true. Yeah. Uh, KB games guys, the menagerie uh, we see Pike in the last shot cured and happy. It's a direct reference. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. That's I can see that. Um, boom, boom, boom. We saw Q in 1969 and the American Civil War in Voyager. That's true. But was the was the Civil War, was he actually in the Civil War, or was it something he created that was separate? Who knows, man? Who knows with Q, right? Yep. Okay. Okay, we looks like uh, Scott's interview is coming up. All right, here we go. Uh, let me set that up real quick. This interview was so great, guys. It was... I mean, they've all been really good, but I think Scott, he's, he's the kind of guy you just want to go have a beer with. So you, I, you guys should enjoy this. Okay, here we go, my friends. All right, we're here with Scott Grimes from the Orville, the awesome, the incredible Gordon Malloy, the heart of the Orville, we like to say from here sometimes. Uh, how are you doing today, Scott? Well, great. Thanks for that. The heart. That is, uh, that's a good compliment for a character, I'll tell you. Thanks. 
Yeah, you've taken us on an incredible journey. Uh, it what started as kind of this slapstick, uh, you know, what we like to call it family guy in space when it first started has turned into this uh, just mind boggling, uh, incredibly deep uh, program. And, and we do believe that that Gordon Malloy is sort of the heart, the audience, the uh, is kind of the reality that we base to. And your character has grown so much. It's it's really incredible for us. So thank you for being here with us. Hey, thanks for having me. And you, and you, you, you know, you said it, he is the audience. Uh, that's how I always thought of it as, you know, you need a guide to explain things to just so you can explain it to the audience. It's a really cool writing uh, trick that Seth has done. Like Gordon raises his hand and says, I'm stupid. Can you please tell me what you're talking about? And really you're explaining the scientific stuff to the audience. And it's a really, uh, I was happy and, and proud to take on that role and that's say, awesome. and say a goofy thing once in a while, you know? Yeah, I don't know if anybody else could have pulled it off quite the same way. So that that really worked well. Oh, thanks, man. Um, so the Orville season three has come out of the gate really strong. Does it surprise you that the show has evolved to be this deep, dramatic space opera, considering the the lighthearted humor that it started with? Uh, no, it didn't surprise me because Seth's um, that's how he got the show on the air. He had to d- d- go to Fox and say, hey, cool, Seth MacFarlane show. We're going to say some things. But I think he knew that it was never going to stay there. He knew it was going to go to where he wanted it to go. And that's where people, you know, I see people say all the time, where's the humor? Where's the humor? Well, you can't have, sometimes you can't have humor when you're dealing with the subjects that we're dealing with. Uh, So I would say you're welcome because if we were laughing at something so serious, then that would make us seem, I don't know, you know, inconsiderate of, of whatever we're talking about. So I was, I was really happy to see that it took on, this thoughtful science fiction, you know, thought provoking social concept. It was, it, I'm so happy because now Seth wants to continue to do it because that's the writing he wants to do. And these are the stories he wants to tell. Yeah. The, we just finished watching uh, um, episode four and I couldn't get over that. It just feels like a movie. It doesn't really feel like a TV show. It feels like a movie. Yeah. And uh, you guys have just, it's, it's incredible what you've done. Uh, um, so Gordon Malloy, you know, he's evolved significantly throughout the show in a lot of ways. Like we mentioned, he's the heart of the show. In our opinion, did you expect Gordon to grow as much as he has? And how do you feel about your character? Um, look, it's easy as an actor to get lost and just have a character be the same thing for five, six, seven seasons. You know, uh, I think I got one lucky that Seth wrote Gordon with heart Two. When you are the humor, you know, people tend to, uh, they need that break from whatever the story is being told. And then all of a sudden this funny guy says something and they go, oh, cool, a little class clown. You're automatically liked by people, especially if you're not mean about it. So I had that going for me. Uh, Just really happy that the writing helped people see who Gordon was and that maybe I brought some sort of uh, fun heart to it. it. It's, it's, it's literally this, you throw a bunch of stuff in the pot and if it comes out and people like you, great, but there's no, you can't buy that. You can't, you know, you can't, you know, I'm just happy that Seth wrote me a couple of things and people like it. So uh, that's uh, very proud to, and by the way, also I drive the ship. I drive the, the, the name of the show is the Orville and I drive the, I don't know if I can swear, but I drive that thing. Yes, you can. And this is the, yeah, you have the best job on the ship. 100%. Right. So, I mean, who doesn't want to drive a freaking spaceship? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what is it the uh, the the uh, expanding helix? 
I think was the new move, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. God, that was yesterday. And she's like, what is that? I have no idea. I just made it up, right? Right, right. That was was great. It was so wonderful. Those are great moments right there. I love it. Yeah. Hopefully there will be more Orville in the future. But if the show were to end after three seasons, would you be satisfied with how Gordon's story ends? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Especially, you know, we're not allowed to talk about where this show goes beyond the fourth episode right now. Uh, and I'm not going to, but I'm just very proud of just who he is as a friend and, and, a, and, a you know, a colleague and uh, very happy with if it, and I don't want it to end though, because there's so many more stories that we all want to tell. Uh, I know the fans just love to hear that. That's exactly what we want as well. If the show were to continue, what would you like to see Gordon do next? Is he, eventually command his own ship or or is he always going to be ed's sidekick well the joke is i want to you know i want a, a ship called the gordon it's a spinoff yes. come on um no <laughs> i and, and i know but then i i take back that joke because no i don't want to command the ship i think there are there was an episode last season or maybe it was season one i don't remember where he wanted to do that mm-hmm. and it didn't go right it didn't go well for him he, he didn't he wasn't that decision maker you know um you know, there's, you, you want your doctor to, have, to, to be, you know, to have an, a, you know, an A, not a C. Uh, so I think there are certain people that are <clears throat> supposed to do what they're supposed to do. And Gordon knows that uh, he has no desire to be powerful or have that. He knows he's needed at the one thing he's good at. Uh, and I'm happy to be a part of that. And again, there's already a captain. So there's a couple of them. If that's true. I don't want. Yeah, I want to. I want to do my own thing. But uh, it was. Uh, there's a lot where he can. Yeah, he can do. I, I love the friendship of, of Ed and him to continue mm-hmm. too, because that's kind of like the little sidekicky kind of thing that I like to portray. Yeah, that, I think that's how the show started out, and you can you can see as the show goes along, you get moments of that as it goes along, and it's always really heart, heartwarming when you guys are together doing something. Yeah, you feel you feel that. I mean, him, Seth and I have been friends for probably 20 something years now and you, you kind of you can't help but see the you know the comfort of two people kind of acting together so right it comes through i think yeah um our fans just love your voice when will we get to hear some more of your sweet sultry sound i will say <laughs> <laughs> wow man that, that was uh i just got uh that, that felt like you were flirting with me and i liked it a little bit, a little um, bit. he was he was flirting with yeah me. good good one time uh, my wife I will say this. I'm not allowed to say a lot for about this season, but I will probably say I probably sing more in season three combined than I, yeah, I think I have combined in season one and two, but just organically, we don't do it. You know, Seth doesn't sit there and say, I want to write Scotty singing. Uh, it just, it just happens a couple of times in this season in a, in a beautiful way. So uh, you're going to, you're going to get to hear it uh, pretty soon. I don't remember pretty soon. That's yeah. cool. Awesome. So who's a bigger legend that you've worked with, Seth MacFarlane or Burt Reynolds? <laughs> uh, well, as far as uh, like work ethic and somebody's mind, I can I can say that Seth MacFarlane, there's nobody that matches him. He just like it's exhausting to watch how much he he works. Uh, and I love it. I love to work with someone. It's a huge challenge. Burt, obviously, he's Burt. Burt Reynolds. I mean, I grew up with my favorite movie growing up. If you guys know, I mean, not, not a lot of people know the movie is Hooper. Yes. Uh, yes. So I've probably seen Hooper 30 times. The first time I saw a naked woman is in the movie Hooper. So that, <laughs> I, mean, I just remember, <laughs> and I mean a naked, like that's how young I was. I'd never seen even yeah. a picture. And there's a, there, there's a, 
you know, horrible scene in that where she pops out of a cake. Anyway, um, <laughs> we can keep going here. I'm all right with that. That's how, you know, that's how we know, all you know, saw naked you, women you, back then. There was remember, no internet. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and I, so I remember that movie and Burt Reynolds. Yeah. I got to play his son. Um, and he was, he was, uh, was a nice, he was a nice enough guy. <laughs> That's great. What what is it like? You mentioned a little bit about Seth. What is it like working with him? He's such a, a an incredible cemented foundation in Hollywood right now. What is it like working with him? If you're going to tell a fan, it is. Uh, you got to remember this. First of all, Seth can do or hears what, how you're supposed to. Uh, he he can do everything you're doing. Mm. All your job is kind of is to is to make him happy. And I don't mean in the way, because he's the nicest guy on a set, but he knows how things should sound, especially being that kind of voiceover actor and knows how things should look. And all your job is, is to get it to that place. And you know what I mean? Is to whatever graph he has in his mind, you want to get it there or better. Uh, And it's nothing like when you get it better and he goes, whoa, I didn't hear it that way. And that's cool. Uh, And he's just constantly working. He's a perfectionist, but not annoyingly Mm. uh and the back and forth like he never makes you feel like he always makes you feel like you're you're you can add something to it and that you know you can be a part of what's being made Uh, and that is and that's what's amazing because you're not just going there and saying these lines that that someone else wrote you you feel like you have some say in the process of this movie and he's an amazing director and, and 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 filmmaker uh and loves the genre loves i mean just filmmaking in general uh and we're just you know we're very similar in friendships and what we and what we like and you know we play this movie theme game all day long uh, the cast will probably tell you how annoying it is and all we do is sit there and try to you know get each other with what's what's this from what tv theme is this what movie theme is this mm-hmm. so we're kind of the same person he's just a, i just if if i could work with seth for the rest of my life which we're we're going to work together again coming up yes uh i would because when you find it when you find that comfort as an actor and i'll shut up this is the longest answer ever uh what we do for a living has you have to be comfortable or you're gonna suck and the more someone can make you comfortable the better work you're gonna do that's in anything by the way that's in whatever job anybody has uh but it's really not conducive in what we do because you have you know 100 people staring at you and you're supposed to be be funny right now in front of everybody and you're like oh my god how can i be dance yeah, exactly. So when someone creates an atmosphere so you can do your best work, why would you not want to just do that forever? And and that's what Seth does. He creates that that atmosphere. That's a wonderful answer. Um, when we talked to Penny, she said you were her favorite. Huh. Who is your favorite cast member on the Orville and Wine? <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite cast member. Let's get. I've I've given Seth enough compliments. Um, <laughs> my favorite cast member probably Peter. As a person or a character? Oh, but let's do both. Oh, God. I love Peter because he can, he's the only one that you never know he, when he gets, because he's wearing that prosthetic all day long. He can get in these moods. And when Peter's in a bad mood is when I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> poke, 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 poke. Uh, so that's my favorite. And he's also, to me, just one of the best actors on the show. Like what he brings to Bordis, people don't realize how difficult that is. And then second, as far as it's Isaac is what Mark brings to that because I've tried, I've put on that outfit and tried to pull off whatever he's doing as a faceless, uh, you know, robot basically. 
and he is spectacular. So him and Bordas for as far as characters and acting, but everyone collectively as a cast is so much fun. We have too much fun. Like Jay Lee and I have are best friends in the world, and I couldn't have done this without him because he's just uh, he keeps my days going because he's a witty, fun guy to be around. Yeah, he seems really, really funny. You guys are all the the sense we get from all these interviews that we're doing is that you all are like this just a real family. There's, you know, it's, it's, there's a sense of real togetherness. Yeah. And you know, it gets tough. Uh, working with Seth is also tough because he asks a lot, a lot of hours. A lot. So when you get into that hole late at night, you want to be with people like that want to understand where you're at, maybe leave you alone, but it's a family and uh, you know, there's nothing better than a family to get each other in the good times and the bad. And that's what this cast is. It sounds dramatic, but it's true. You know, so true. Yeah. So who, what's your favorite alien species on the show? Even if it's a one off or, you know, we've heard Jason Alexander's uh, as, was a favorite, the bartender. Uh, yeah. How about for you? I forgot his name and you'll be able to tell me what's the big giant thing with that comes. Uh... Patrick Warburton. Right. Patrick, no, I yeah. love him. I love him. No, this is a creature that doesn't speak. Oh, oh, is... the, the, it looks like a penis. Mocklin porn. Yeah. <laughs> right. It looks like a giant penis. <laughs> that that what it one? Is. Yep. And that, wait, don't. That's not why I like it. <laughs> um, I forgot his name because of the Y or something. Too. Ah, frick. Um, no, but Patrick Warburton would have been second because of that uh, prosthetic with the esophagus on the outside of the that's body. That's so great. You're like, how, everyone asks. Okay, so how does that work? I don't, how does he put his shirt on? No one, no one knows. I, exactly, because it goes in. <laughs> That's exactly right. You never know what's going to show up on the set every single day. It's spectacular. Howard Berger and the the makeup department, just what they accomplish is something beyond what I understand. So, hey, Jimmy, we have uh, 30 seconds. Yep. Oh, oh, can I ask you. a quick question? Go ahead. Well, you, you actually voice one of my favorite characters of all time, uh, Steve Smith on American yeah. Dad. Steve Smith, that's right. Okay, that's what I want you to ask. Can you just... Just I know I don't want to make you dance here, but can you just say welcome to the podcast as Steve Smith? Welcome to the podcast, right? Yeah. Hey guys, this is Steve Smith from American Dad, and welcome to the podcast. Oh, oh that's great. That's All right, great. so I can die now. Thank you. That's, <laughs> that's is there anything you want to say to the fans before we have to go, Scott? Oh yeah, please keep watching, guys, because uh, Seth has so many more of these he wants to make and so many things he wants to tell. So uh, we appreciate you guys. And I like, you know, I like making money like we all do out there. So let's keep doing it together. Yeah. Amen. Brother. Amen. Yeah. Thank no. you so much Thank for being you, on the show with us today, Scott. We appreciate you. And we can't wait for all the new episodes coming up. Praise you. Bless you. And uh, thank uh, you guys. Best of luck. Hey, thanks for being fans. And thanks for uh, promoting our show. We appreciate it a lot. Always. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Cheers, Scott. Hey, we are back. What, what a great is, guy. That was great. Um, yeah, Scott's a really nice guy. And I got him to do the Steve voice. Yes. You did. Yeah, you did. That's cool. You, you know what's great? Uh, the best thing about this interview was having Scott say over and over and over again that everybody wants to do more Orville and nobody more than, than um, Seth. Nobody wants to do more Orville than Seth does. And it's hard sometimes to get that across where you're like, does Seth still want to do it? Does he not want to do it? But hearing Scott say like how much he really wants to do more of the show is just refreshing to hear. And it actually, it gives me a lot more confidence about the future of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, Plus he's still working with Seth. Yes. We're doing Ted. We didn't get to do all the questions. So I I didn't realize, and, and it's, it's partly because, 
we were having some audio issues in the beginning, uh, but I had a few more questions I wanted to ask him about, you know, being in Band of Brothers and what was his favorite character. There were some other things I wanted to ask him. We just ran out of time. Uh, but you're welcome, John. I thought your question was great. Uh, John Burns here asked, uh, you know, who was a bigger star to work with, uh, Burt Reynolds or, or Seth MacFarlane? So that was a good one. Yeah. Well, who has the best mustache? That's that's the answer. Well, it's the, I, Seth doesn't have a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so that helps. Thank you, Danny. Great. It was a it was a really fun interview. Thank you. Yes. And so, as promised, the next next up is. The Orville Review. We are going to be talking about the Orville Season 3 New Horizons Episode 4. And, uh... Wait, wait. Yes, you're right. Uh, there's so many things we're watching. It's like, Episode 4, Episode 6, Episode 8. Where were uh, we at? That was correct, right? Okay. For a minute, I was like... Uh, you got it, it, yeah. Episode 4. <laughs> the Orville Season 3 New Horizons Episode 4, Gently Falling Rain. The gently falling rain. All right. Great, great name for the episode. Yeah. So if you don't know how this works, it's uh let me reset the counter. Bordish has Bordish has the best mustache. One hundred percent. Yes. Um, if you don't know how it works, it's pretty simple. Just in case you're new here, we give it an upvote if we like it, and we give it a downvote if we dislike something. And what happens is at the end of the review, we will Average those two numbers and come up with official podcast score. And one day, years from now, there will be a, a website where I will list every one of the, the, the official podcast scores for every episode we've ever covered. But that is a long way away. <laughs> right. All right. You ready yes. to get into it? Yeah. I guess as we go into it, I wanted to say a few things at the top. So if you want to start the video. Okay. We go. We're starting it up. <laughs> <laughs> there it is again. Next week is gonna be different. Dun, dun, dun. We are reviewing the Orville New Horizons season three, episode four, a gently falling rain. And I gotta say, I gotta I gotta start this episode off on a little bit of a downer for me, and I'll I'll kick it off to you, Shane. I'm going to start off with a down vote. I'm so sorry. What? No, get the hell out of here. What are you talking about? Sorry. Knock it off. Sorry. I got to start off with a down vote because... Uh... <laughs> All right, let's hear what it is. Let's hear if it's a justified down vote. Or you're just cranky because somebody... I don't know. Because um, you got a haircut. Um, there was no humor <clears throat> in this episode. No humor. I think we're going to fight today. I can feel it. I can but, feel the fighting. But then I'm going to remove that down vote. Because I want to give an up vote. For this. Classy. In memory of Lisa Baines. I love how classy the Orville is. With remembering the people that have gotten them there. It's very, it's very nice. And if you didn't know the story. Uh, Lisa Baines plays Speria Ballask in this episode. As well as in episode 10 uh, of this of the season when we get there she'll also be in that one um <clears throat> basically uh, lisa was killed during a hit and run in june 2021 after a man struck her with a scooter while she was crossing the street in uh, manhattan she was 65 years old so that's it is very classy that they did that it was very classy okay here we go here we go 
we start up with a with a krill. We're we are we're in the krill homeworld, and I really I really wanted to do this. I really wanted to start with an upvote here because we got to see yet another, um, finally another species homeworld. The way they work, like their settings, their um, their whole vibe, like their community, their aesthetic. And I love that. I love seeing strange new worlds, no pun intended. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. The thing I probably would say about this, and we need to say this first because I think this is really important, is that the Orville, especially this episode, I got to tell you guys, it really does feel like a movie. Um, I think we mentioned it during the interview with Scott. Uh, and we talked about it. If you, As you go through this entire episode, it does not feel like a TV show. It is so big. I mean, it is epic. The music's epic. The graphics are epic. Story, the action, the intrigue, the drama. It just feels like a movie. And um, the Orville is on a whole other level this season. And I know Brian said, you know, the downvote for not being funny enough, not having humor. Scott said something really important. He said it is very difficult to balance humor and drama when you're making a show and when, when it's appropriate to use it and when it's not. And I do think that the Orville still finds these moments. There were a couple moments of humor in the show uh, and it just wasn't heavy handed. We don't have the, uh, the, the Mocklin porn episodes uh, or the Mocklin smoking cigarette episodes because we're dealing with kind of a, a little more serious content in this case. I believe they're coming still. And so I, I just, you know, I think you really have to judge this show based on its epicness right now and stop worrying too much about the humor because it's still sprinkled in. It's just not as heavy handed. And I I just don't think it can be both. Can you tell me of an episode that was both dramatic and humorous? Um, Working nine to five. It was probably the only time that they pulled it off, but it wasn't funny. It wasn't that that was funny. It's it was clever and it was entertaining. But it wasn't hilarious. You know what I'm saying? There's like this heavy media. There's like this place that you have to be. You can't do Mocklin porn and talk about abortion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's like this place you have to be. They almost need to have entire episodes that have this level of, you know, uh, to have the humor that deeply ingrained into it. If they, I mean, and that's my opinion on it. I get that, but it also sort of feels like they're leaning one way this season. When in previous seasons, um, there was a nice balance between the various uh, ideologies. This season, it feels like they're leaning a little bit one way. Again, it's, it's the fourth episode. Who knows what's going to happen in fi- in you know the next five episodes? Did you see? Did you say ideologies? So not hu- not humor. You're talking about political ideology. Well, because you brought that up, you brought up the the ideology there. Like you can't do abortion and have Mocklin porn. I get that. But if right. you, but if you are going to lean heavily into one, uh, on, into one, into one side of the ideology, um, then humor has a nice, is a nice subtle way of sort of, um, doling that, that blade when you're leaning True. one way or the other. So when there's a lack of humor, it's more evident that the show leans one way or the other. Yes, I think that's true. And yeah, I I wouldn't even say politically because there is definitely some political stuff here. 
uh, and ideologically, there's some stuff there, but it isn't always political. And sometimes it's just moral. Uh, and in this episode, we, we see a little bit of that, which we'll talk about later. Um, I think that uh, there is a, a really some nice humor in the middle. When the, when, as you go forward here, we get this speech by Talea, right. which is extraordinarily uh, reminiscent of something almost Hitlerish. Or, or something maybe even close to maybe Donald Trumpish. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and I, and I, I believe that's what they were going for. Yeah, that's because what they were they, going for. Yeah. They used the term, uh, Krill, Krill comes first. Right. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a take on the America first speeches. So it's pretty clue. It's pretty clear here, you know, where, who, who the villain is and where that's being pointed. Right. Um, and, you know, that is typical Hollywood. Um, as long as it doesn't go too heavy handed, then I think you're okay. And I think they skirted it here and it just was maybe, it took us out of it maybe a little bit. So what would be too heavy handed um, if uh, a couple of members were wearing um, red hats that say, yes. If all the krill were wearing like green, make uh, krill great again hats, then <laughs> right. that might've been right. a little bit over the top, but you know, so I think they skirted it here and there was just enough and we'll find out here shortly. But we'll talk they, about it where they did go to both sides. Right, yeah, they could have stuck though with the classic uh, bad guys from World War Three style um, symbolism, fascism symbolism. If they wouldn't have, ma- if if they wouldn't have made those like direct re- references to the 2016 election in America, if they would have, if they would have, oh, yeah. if they would have avoided that, this really wouldn't be a conversation. And if it would, and if it was a conversation out there, it would have been someone um, uh, superimposing their beliefs onto the scene. But the second you actually say that, now you're connecting those things versus letting it be an allegory for World War Three bad guys, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was safe. I mean, I don't think it was too over the top. I don't think there was too much preachiness happening here. I think it was, uh, I think there was almost next level, you know, World War, whatever you want to say, Hitler. I say Hitler because he's the, he's the one that, yeah, but you can't really say that because we get demonetized. So, yeah. All right. Well, that guy who did some really bad things a long time ago. World War Three bad guys. Well, two, one, two, not three. I'm sorry. World War Two bad guys. What's wrong with (laughs) me? I'm like, when you're saying World War Three, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm brain dead today. World War Two bad guys. My bad. World War Three is his name P U T I N? I don't know. We'll talk about it. Um, yeah, I don't even know what anyway. I, mean, I just like predict World War Three and and the rise <laughs> of the clone of uh, the bad guy from World War Two. <laughs> I don't have any keywords there. Yeah, imagine that. That's what starts World War Three. It's like a con thing yeah. where they bring back, where they use some DNA from Hitler and they bring back like a cyborg <laughs> Hitler, and he's like, "Make <laughs> Germany great again." <laughs> <laughs> well, Talea here, she is trying to become the supreme commander. That's what this is. It's a political speech. Yeah. It's a political rally. And uh, she's taken a, as we'll learn later from Ed, uh, a populist standpoint. She's not really a true politician. She's kind of more a populist, which is what Trump was um, considered. Right. That is true. Uh, okay. Um, there's also a moment in there... Um... There's a moment in there we're going to get to about like fake news, which I thought was. Oh, it was great. 
I thought, well, no, though, that, that wasn't just fake news. It was something even more. And it was really, actually, really good. Yeah. Uh, I want to upvote here. Uh, I love that Annie is still on Broadway after all this time. Yeah. Is is Annie Salan? Uh Right now she is. Absolutely. So that's going to get a downvote from me. Not that she's Salan, but mm-hmm. they established in season one that Salans don't leave their planet and that Tala was... Not Tala, but the first one. What's her name? The first Salan. Alara? Alara was uh very it's very it was very unique that she joined the the union. And then oh. Tala was the next sort of unique person joining the union. And well, now I wouldn't seeing... say the only. No, no, that's not fair. No, no, because, not uh, the only. They, I said unique. It was unique well, so that she left Salea. So this kid can't be one of the unique people as well? And we're seeing a lot of Saleans though, and like we've established that when they leave Salea, they get weak and they have problems or whatever. Over where time. are the other Saleans we've seen? We so Alara, Tala, and now this kid. That's not a lot, though. I mean, I would argue that you know, one kid in a play for a union event, which you know the Talans are the Saleans are a part of, uh, it would seem appropriate to at least have one. Seems more like they wanted her to look like Annie, but also be alien, and the Salean makeup is easiest. That's okay. why I gave well, it a downvote. Well, I'll continue my upvote. That's fine. You want you want to upvote this, right? I did upvote it. Hopefully, you got it. Okay, I think I did. Right. Yeah. Um, not that the kid wasn't great. I love I love the Annie thing, by the way. I want to know. I want to know if that was Lieutenant Dan back there. That has to be. Obviously, Lieutenant. it's not necessary. No, no. They would have done something if it was really him, or yeah, maybe it's the actor. Maybe at the very end, he's like sweetness. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. I love Lieutenant Dan too. By the way, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I didn't even notice that. I think that is Lieutenant Dan. I think he's just in the choir, bro. He hasn't been in any of the episodes yet, which is which is. We need some Lieutenant Dan. We need some Dan. We do. Yeah. We need some sweetness. Um. All right. So they, yeah, they're doing the performing Annie for the Krill uh, ambassador and chancellor, or president, or whatever it's called. This is some really great. Uh, this, this is actually there's good humor here. Yes. You know, because these guys are like uh, it was tragic. It was tragic. The sun will come out tomorrow, and of course we know the sun damages right. the Krill, so they're like terrified of the sun. Right. 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 Like, oh right. Girl has to deal with this every day. Yeah, you know the sun coming out. So that's fantastic humor. That was really good because yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was, I thought so too. Like the meaning for us is like hope, and the meaning for them was like right. despair, death. You know, very cool because like their different outlooks is what allowed them to see that play differently. The same way sometimes people's personal experiences might experience art in a different way because it's so unique. Uh, in the way that they can display um, the shadow of events, right? Versus the right. actual event. I'd like to give an upvote here as well, because uh, we finally have a scene without the Orville crew that's important. So the Admiralty and the Union delegation really was perfect. Uh, that we had this moment where something's happening where the Orville isn't making it happen, the crew. It's something that the Admiralty and the Union you know, staff is doing. And you see that character right there? The, the one with the weird hair, he's the union president, right? It's President Al Kazoon, uh, played by the legend Bruce Boxleitner. And Bruce, is, of course, is a sci-fi veteran and just an excellent 
longtime actor, and he ends up he's the one playing the union president. I love the makeup. Makeup. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love how the hairs in between, yeah. like in different. In I've fact, never seen anything like that. I'm going to upvote that because that is some. Thank you. I will too. Yeah. That is some next level makeup. And it's yeah, unique. It's like unique the way the hair is falling on the, you know, it's it's not like your typical like, hey, throw some some prosthetics on their on their uh, the cheeks, their nose and their forehead and call it good. No, no, this is like In fact, you know, the Orville has always been very good at very unique uh aliens. Yeah. And the makeup and the prosthetics for those aliens looking like like they could exactly exist, but be unique enough to be um, not just a prosthetic. And the only time they did, they didn't do that right, in my opinion, was when they went from the transition in episode two when they transitioned into the full, you know, alien-looking thing. That was that didn't work. It was almost too alien. Right. Yeah, that's true. But overall, you know, Jason Alexander's character's uh, character Pete. Uh, Peter uh, Warburton, 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 whatever his name is, and even his Grimes' favorite character, the giant penis thing. Um, right, but you know, even Bordis or the Krill or Bordis, you know, even our main characters, they they're all great makeup. Right, they really know? are. Yeah, in fact, the simplest makeup on the entire crew is probably the the Salans. and I would argue it might have been cooler uh if they stuck with the no eyebrows thing like that that they did in the pilot episode for Salans. I know it was probably probably more annoying for the for the actresses but it it with with very little effort it was it, it was able to really transform Alara from like okay she's still a beautiful woman but but there's something you know off about her that that makes it more alien. I got to tell you eyebrows are important to beauty. I don't know what it is but you need them. <laughs> yeah. you know there's a big difference between the two yeah that's true i i, I had a couple of my friends in the high school girlfriends they shaved their eyebrows and this is a very 90s thing because that's when i grew up they shaved their eyebrows and drew on eyebrows and so some days they looked normal and fine and some days they clearly uh weren't paying attention and they looked like cartoons <laughs> it was like yep truth Oh, hey, uh, you got to fix that eyebrow, man. It's like one. <laughs> it's going up here like this up here. And one's down here. It looks like you're doing this the whole day. What's what's, <laughs> what's wrong, Brian? I'm, I'm doing fine. Oh, no, something's going on. Um, Yeah, you're right, though. Yeah, and I like this. I like this whole scene was good. Whole scene was very good. And, you know, I believe. I like it. Go ahead. Good. Well, I was just going to say the overconfident krill. Is is really much like the Hillary Clinton, and this is why there's a lot of you know things going on here. The the uh, the Democrats were very confident in 2016 that they were going to basically win the election, and so this this whole you know they're like yeah of course I'm going to win. Let's be the show up, you know. And so the, they do mirror that whole thing a little bit, and uh, yeah, it, you know, a lot of sci-fi is also about reality. It didn't you know it didn't stand out or bug me at all, but I definitely saw that that uh, mirroring happening. <laughs> the fracture vision said there's a joker face curl in the crowd. Uh oh, uh, uh <laughs> insane clown posse is on krill now too. I knew it. <laughs> um Yeah, it's all good. Oh well, I've seen Ted Ted Danson. I love great. Ted Danson. Um I almost want to vote him just because he's there. But 
Yeah, I like I like uh, uh, Gerber uh, a lot, um, but I, I I do have a uh, I wouldn't I think I would much rather and I don't take this wrong, Victor. I I really do love you as an admiral, but I, I kind of would like to see Ted Danson as like the point admiral, right uh, on the yeah. show. Yeah, he I, I, and I do like Victor too. I liked him on uh, Legends. I remember we talked about that before. He's he's a good actor. I do love him. Great yeah. actor. But I do feel like Ted Danson almost sort of fits the Orville uh, chemistry, like his natural, his normal, natural acting ability sort of fits. He it. has a commanding presence. Yeah, right. he has he has more of a commanding presence, even though he's a very gentle man, you know, and kind of a soft dude. Uh, when he's acting, he's able to pull off that really, right. you know, firm um, leadership. And if you have not seen The Good Place then you are depriving oh, yourself right. of one of the greatest television shows to ever that I've ever seen. And it's not science fiction and it's not, it's not, I, there's, I don't even know what genre it would be in. It is just one of those shows. Weird. What? The weird, weird genre. Weird, weird genre. I don't even know what genre, but the good, uh, uh, the good place is one of the, honestly, one of the greatest TV shows I've ever seen. It's just, it's so well executed and Ted Danza is a big part of why it's so special. hundred um, percent. It doesn't work without him. It doesn't such a, such a good show, such a good <clears> show. <throat> and the way it ends is perfect. Perfect ending. It's a, love it. I love it. Greatest show on TV. And so back to the Oriole. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So this was <laughs> this a good great. We got some comedy. We got some, co- I have a lot. Thank you. Archmage. It's a show about philosophy. Yes, it is hundred percent. Yeah. So well done. Um, like every time we talk the about it, I want to watch it. Just to go with it, the philosophy in this episode is deep and hot too, as we'll get to a little bit later. So I like the Western theme. I like it. I love seeing Bordis. I love seeing Bordis with the, the beer mustache. I love it. Yeah, um, upvote this for me, please. Yeah, I'll, I'll upvote this too. This whole scene was good. And they talked about how he's able to grow a mustache. It's good. They're, they're basically going through a it's a pub. It's a pub crawl simulation. Yeah, is what's happening here. They're doing History. pub crawl. You've ever done? I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's kind of fun. You you drink a beer at one place and you just walk to the next bar and drink another beer, whatever you're drinking. I know what it and, is. I've uh, never done it, but yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, but you know, uh, Ed says basically, I don't understand. Like, it's going to be the same beer in every place. Why don't we just stay here and drink? You know, that's kind of the thought people have always had during that. Why are we walking down the street? Well, I mean, um, it, it wouldn't be this. I don't think it would be the same thing because every, I mean, if you're going to the correct bars, if you're going like some, I mean, Jeremy, if Jeremy was here right now, he would be screaming at you because if, if you are going to a bunch of dive bars uh, that just uh, sell Miller on tap or whatever, or uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon or whatever, then yeah, it's the same thing. But if you're going to like these like unique bars with their own artisan, 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 to brews and micro brews and all that. And that's completely different. Like you're literally tasting different beer in every different place. Yeah. Well, for me, it was, you know, Italy and all the little pubs. <laughs> so you're basically getting whatever. It was just, it was just a know, Corona every single time or whatever is on tap. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, so if you did, but if you did a pub crawl in SoCal where we're, where we're from right now, yeah, I mean, you got, every single place with different micro brews, different styles, different, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this line. Oh, so look at this. You see this? Mm-hmm. 
little bit of flirty flirty going on between the new got a new lieutenant commander here yeah so tala is now a lieutenant commander okay, okay. Uh, she doesn't have to she doesn't have to salute john anymore and uh there's a little bit of flirty flirty going on here you you know john you know john's gonna lock that down you know <laughs> you know, you know don't he's be disrespecting my tala you know he's gonna close though that's what john does maybe tala closes on this one no no john will close john will close <laughs> Yeah. So uh, we got when, a little bit of char- a little movement in the story, the character development here. So when we good. interview Jay Lee, we need to talk about his ability to close. Okay. Oh, I'm sure we will. And and I'm sure he'll say something like, just like in real life. <laughs> he will say that. He is uh, the zipper man. Yeah, Penny Gerald looking great. Uh, this whole thing was good. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. We, we yeah, go back to the so with Isaac there, uh he's got this great line, right? Isaac comes in and says this town will not accommodate the numerical totality of our combined mass. Yes. Yeah. Which is this that. town isn't big enough for the two of us, which is a typical Western trope. Right, right. And, but uh, it goes right back to his thing when he was like, remember when he's wearing the he's wearing the wife beater? Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's your humor is here, bro. You just can't have it the whole way, you know? It's here. Here you go. Here for all of you fans out there, it's here. If you wanted a show that's funny he's and wearing, only funny, that's not where these guys want to go. He's wearing a mustache, you know? too. He's like, this town will not accommodate the numerical totality of our combined mass. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, oh, and here it's Charlie being, uh, being uh, Isaac hating again. Yeah, and that's pretty much where the humor ends. Aside from that a was, little jabs. Yeah. There's a couple, yeah, but you're right. Yeah pretty much it and that's why i gave it a down and i'm okay with that i'm okay with that yeah okay i mean i mean but when you, when you, i feel like when you're dealing with like heavy heavy topics and you're leaning you know one way you gotta throw a little more humor in the mix to make it uh to make the pill easier to swallow a little sugar helps the medicine go down well i'll be and i'll say this other places okay they've they've done a good Shane just disconnected his mic. <laughs> that wasn't me. I didn't cut him off because he was disagreeing with me. He just disconnected his mic by accident. I was disagreeing with you. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, so, <laughs> what was I saying? You, I, I said a little sugar helps the medicine go down. Oh yeah. So no other show has to do this. So here's what's it's what's messed up is uh, we enjoyed our humor and and we got a little bit of taste of 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 drama. Right. It was like a humorous show with just a touch of drama. Right. That's what the Orville progress was was. Now it's a little bit of humor with in a drama show. Right. And not everybody who liked it in the beginning likes this. But if I'm being really honest, this is better television than that. This is better storytelling. There is more meat on the bone here than there was before. Yeah, I mean, if if you tend to lean their way, but what if you don't lean their way? If you're not, if you don't watch drama shows, then this will not be the show for you. Right. But the Orville is not a comedy anymore. It is a satirical drama. I would argue yeah. that it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a comedy in season two either. It just had more comedy. Halfway through season two, it changed. Right. 
you know, I, I think up until identity, frankly speaking, when I think when they realized what the show could really be like that, it could be a better version of Star Trek, you know, and I would, we just watched strange new worlds, good stuff, but the Orville is obviously better made than strange new worlds. I Everything agree. about it. You don't think that it has better, uh, you know, visual effects, music, Everything going on with you, you don't think is better than Strange New Worlds? Yeah, I actually, yeah, I, I actually have to disagree with you there. I don't well, think. It does. I mean, I I can sense it. I can feel it. Um, I think there's in parts opinion, of it that are better. I think the makeup in the Orville is better for the most part. Um, I think I think the graphics are better than season two, but I don't think they're better than Strange New World. I think Strange New World's graphics are a little better. I mean, um, but what are you talking about as far as the graphics? You're talking about. The, the shot we get of the ship at the beginning because they're on board the ship almost all the time. And there, there's no way any strange new world's outer, you know, location set has been better than what the Orville's done. That uh, thing with the real city right now in this episode is incredible. I mean, it's, it's good. It's not as good as strange new worlds. Well, um, give me one that's better than strange. So new give me an episode. So that the the city scene, I don't want to be mean because I like Orville. No, no, I mean I just want you to like explain. So okay, that it makes sense. so it it looks a little bit video gamey that scene, which I like. I like seeing new new places like that, but it had a little bit of a video game quality where there was some a lot. There was a lot of actually cut uh, cut and paste going on, and it's evident to me. So you see, what about yeah? What about Strange New World? Well, Strange New World. The, the Comet episode. What was it called? Okay, we'll just call it the Comet episode. Yeah, the Comet episode. Um, the Alien Planet was outstanding. The uh, It wasn't just... The comet? When they showed the alien, the aliens that the Comet was uh, going to affect. The, that sand desert world? Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't just the desert, though. Like, the horizon had different colors on it. They had different moons. The... Even the ground had like flecks in it that it looked really um, alien. It looked like a desert on an alien planet, like the parched ground. The aliens' makeup was really good, all the way down to their hands. Really well done. Hammer's makeup was really good. The one thing I have a problem with Hammer is that I feel like his antenna don't move enough, like they did in Enterprise. Well, I mean, I'll say this: maybe you, because you do have a pixel thing going on where you things are. But I will say from an epic grand establishing thing the world is much bigger especially this krill world is much bigger there's chase scenes on this planet there's all kinds of things happening the strange new worlds doesn't do i mean dude the cloud the cloud city in in that strange new worlds episode with the where they killed the kid i mean that establishing shot was great yeah gorgeous. but that wasn't but they weren't jumping from cloud to cloud once once they this once they established themselves and they did their little chase scene it was basically at a castle somewhere or whatever set it was this uh, graphics that they're doing, they're chasing speeders chasing through this Krill City. Um, and the shots and the, the way it's coming around the shot. Oh, dude, it's love. It's just fantastic. Anyways, we can agree to disagree, but I yeah, definitely and, think. And I like it. I just don't think it's better than I don't think it's better than Strange New Worlds. I think it's I okay. think it's actually a little too bright sometimes and a little too dark sometimes. And it, I don't want to I don't want to nitpick that kind of nonsense, though, because I like I like because I like the order. I'd like it. But when you say, "Oh, this is like better, more epic than Strange New Worlds," I just, I just don't think so subjectively. Okay, so that's your opinion. My opinion is that it's better. In fact, much better. So, okay, in uh, my opinion, and and for in this one case, we are opposite in opinion. Absolutely, 
100%. I told you we're going to fight at the beat of this thing. Come on. Bro, Luckily, calm, we're in different locations. Right calm now. down, bro. Okay? Calm down. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um. All right. So, guy. yeah, there was some humor there, too, where he's like, hey, he didn't notice that we were drunk. Yeah, okay. Strange New Worlds does this stuff, man. They got it knocked out. What's that? Well, I mean, look at how beautiful. When this thing comes in and, and the way they land this thing, and it's all really nice. Strange New Worlds does the exact same thing with the shuttles. I don't know what you're talking about. They just look, they, they're just not white with blue LEDs. That's it. I guess this just looks better. I don't know. Yeah. No, the color scheme suits you better. But it doesn't suit I do suit like everyone. the light. Yeah. Right. It doesn't suit everyone better that way. And I'm, and I'm not looking at it for like, oh, I like these colors most or the, these colors most. I'm looking at it from the perspective of like, shading and and gradients and and the detail inside the shot these are very well done it's good stuff but there was some uh like on the on the world on the krill world there there might have been some covid restrictions because it was clear that some of those people were copy and pasted and that's okay to do and most people aren't going to notice but it was i didn't notice that so if that's the case i didn't see that that's fine love this Love the red shirts. We need to see more of these red shirts get killed, though. They don't kill. They, we don't kill the red shirts on the Orville. <sighs> That's a bummer. <laughs> um, no, I, but I do like this. I like the. Um, I like the alien. I like. I, I like the fact that there's like a couple random aliens just thrown in there. It's not just because Star Trek does that a lot. Where like all the security yes. guys are just all humans, and you're like, eh, yeah. how's that? A lot easier. A lot easier on the on, on the, the mega department, effects. right? Yeah. Um. Good, good. Everything's good here. Uh, I'm sorry. Can you want to explain what's happening? Yeah. So basically, the delegations come on board. The Orville. The Orville is going to be the first uh, Union delegation to visit the Krill homeworld, and uh, they've been invited to come for the treaty. They're going to sign the treaty once the the person who's the current chancellor is re wins the election. Then they're going to have the treaty right after that, and they brought them there to to basically witness it. Hmm. Okay. Like it. We could. I got to tell you, she plays um, Michelle McManus. She really plays a great uh, Talia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talia's great. She's I like really this good. character. Every time you think that she's going to zig, she zags, which I like. She's got Ed, some you know, twisted up. I love that. Yeah, I mean, dude, hey, that Krill booty can't can't. Booty. No competition. The krill booty is top notch. Top right. notch booty. It's it, is it weird to you? Oh, we're gonna get there. We'll get there. Wait, I, we'll get there. All right. So this is when they're you know. All right. So right here, right there, <laughs> right there, you can see some copy and pasting going on. I I mean I don't see it, but okay. I mean I'm sure that. I mean it's a, it's a image on a screen, but okay. It's okay. Looks good. That's fine. I mean, you do have that ability to see things probably. You've done a lot of that work, so maybe you know better than I do. Sure. I'm not even criticizing it. It's part of the job. I just see it less in Strange New Worlds. Maybe um, because they don't try to do as many things. That You know what? That's a fair, that's a fair thought. Didn't consider that. Um, okay, we're getting through this. So they're talking about how... Uh, the differences between the two politicians and well, and yeah. And basically because Ed has this relationship with Talia, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Admiral Halsey is basically saying, if there's anything you can tell us that would help, 
you know, and Ed's conflicted, of course. Right. Because he let her go. We got to remember, he let her go. Right. You know, he let her go hoping that she would pay it forward with the kindness Mm -hmm. forward at some point. Right. Or that she understood or that she wanted to have a relations between the two, uh, you know, between the Krill and, and the union. But he guessed wrong. So. Right. Now we're coming up on the fake news. Is this the moment? Yes, he's, he was watching like the fake news right there. Oh, did they explain the whole thing there? So it's it's not that it's fake news. It's that they're creating videos that aren't real. Right, right. So, so, so at this moment, the chan- the actual president or whatever, chancellor that they were talking to, um, they're watching this, and I guess he disagrees with the crowd and then like gasses them. But it didn't yeah, actually happen. So- it was a, It was a fake video. Right. And then they, they mentioned that on both sides, there have been fake videos, even on on uh, on Talea's side. Right. There's been fake ones and also made fake fakes on both sides. And it's hard to tell what's real and what's not real. Right. And I think that's really great because we're kind of with deep fakes. We're kind of going there. Well, I mean, you can equate that to deep fakes or you can also just talk about. Like opposition reporting and all that so like when a when a when you see a commercial during uh election season it's like uh my competition shane montgomery he once grabbed a dog and forced his way onto the dog can you believe that this is paid for by the office of well but that's not what they're doing here though i mean i know what you're saying that's that's called um uh Mud, whatever it is, I can't remember. It's it's basically dragging your dragging your opponent through the mud. But the the reality here is that uh, what they're doing is they're deep faking things to try to show people to try to trick them. See, fake news is reporting things that are false, but this is actually showing it. And frankly speaking, we're getting to a point in our culture where we can almost do stuff like this, or we probably could do stuff no, we like can this. Already, we can already do it. Right. So I think yeah. it's more of a I think this was more of like a, a shot at, uh, at where that's going as opposed to fake news. Yeah, we can 100 percent already do it. Fractured vision. Uh, <laughs> there's some really scary deep fakes out there. There's deep fakes of Putin and Trump and Hillary Clinton and most a lot of the big politicians. And there's deep fakes of like. Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, like in full blown pornography, and you're like, when did Gal Gadot do this? <laughs> and it's it's really very real looking. Um, well, and, I, and you can I, have I Putin like Putin like making out with Trump, and it's just a couple of actors, and they're like, it's it's incredible. So I think this is less political than it is social, this statement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like a social statement. Yeah, it's a social statement, and they but they they sort of chose to to show one side of that show, social statement. So as, well, they talked about the other one. So you're, yeah, they talk about it. So you're like you're the educated person. You're you're reading between the lines here, but some people are going to see this the other way. Well, I guess if you listen to it, so, I mean, hopefully everybody's intelligent enough to hear the whole thing. So they show this scene because we've already had experience with this commander and we know this isn't his message. Yeah, he's a good guy. So, 
So it's it's a we understand that this is incorrect. And then they go on to say that, and we've also seen these same things uh, with Talea. You know, they've done the same thing on the other side. So they right. do see, say both sides. Right. They do say yeah. both sides. All right. So, yeah. And I would give that an upvote because okay. I think that's, 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 it's great. That's where everybody's going. It's not, you know, against anybody, one person. It's just the truth. Yeah. I like the deep fakes thing. I'll give that an upvote too. Because I feel like that would already, that's already really easy to do in their, in their future because like they just have access to simulators, you know? Yeah. Good point. Right now we got to use AI and like uh, pretty good video cards and stuff. Um, <clears throat> yeah. By the way, I use AI in all of our videos, like literally all of our mm-hmm. videos. I use AI to do color toning and do upscaling and stuff. Like True. AI is pretty much a part of my, of our work uh, flow. It's like a really important part of it, actually. That's where we're going. Yep. Okay, so now they're, they're basically talking about going to Krill and what's going to happen. Um, all right, so they're at Krill. And I love this. I love that they're going to Krill. Just like when they, um, in that in the episode about a girl, when they went to Mocklin. Yep. But my, if if we were doing the upvotes and downvotes during that episode, I would have given that downvote because we saw an establishing shot of Mocklin and then a courthouse Mocklin. scene, and that was it. We didn't see anything else of value. <clears throat> yeah, they they didn't. Yeah, I don't think they had the budget at the time, or you know. But this, they've. I mean, this feels like you're visiting a place, doesn't right? it? Yes, it does. It does. It does. It feels good. Um, yeah, the whole thing feels good. And so they're getting the shuttle, and they're going down to uh, Krill. And it's good. Great graphics. All this is really good. I love the green sort of smoke. Like this, the the establishing how different it is. I love that their screens are all, like, triangular. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But without being, like, unnecessarily... Tri- like, do you know sometimes when you see, like, the alien screens and it'll be like, oh, this is a round one or... A- Right. And the weird shapes or whatever. Like, they actually make this make sense because while everything is triangular, it's actually, like, the different data points within every space. It's it's not one screen. It's, like, a bunch of screens that are showing you different things, which I thought is a really unique way of um, of uh, <clears throat> making it look different, but also almost like, oh, that actually makes sense. Like, I can see that type of modular setup making sense on a screen in some way yeah i totally think so and you know when going in there this gave me like vibes of like i, I didn't know what the krill homeworld was going to be like or what their you know grab you know because all we saw was like a space station or a ship uh but it, it had like almost like a, a new york feeling or like a you know almost like a gotham city <laughs> kind of feeling to it right well, i mean if you're if you've ever been in new york and you've smelled what it smells like then um it makes a whole lot of sense there's a lot of green smoke coming out of this place you know? <laughs> yeah no offense to New Yorkers out there, but I couldn't handle the smell, man. Um, at least where I went, you know, Central Park. Yeah. Ugh. So uh, everything's good. Oh, so this is a shot I'm going to upvote. And I actually would have, I actually said this when we saw the trailer. I thought this was really rad. Um, now, I mean, different cultures, different things. They're, they're like God. 
looks like a an evil villain. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty amazing, right? It's really I mean, cool. Is, it's super it cool. cool. Upvote that for me. Um, I already upvoted mine, but yeah, I, I, it's super cool. But I do feel like maybe someone's benevolent god would be a little less like. A is their god benevolent though? I mean, that's yeah, like cruel. Uh, Avis provides Avis? all, right, or whatever. Like, but does that mean that it's the same benevolent that say a traditional our traditional god would be, or the, a god, you know? Because they do talk about. I mean, obviously, Avis is important to Telea, but she's killing people. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe yeah, yeah, you're maybe right. It doesn't. It looks like a straight monster. I although I would love to. Like, <laughs> A resin print of that little thing just to put behind my desk here. Right. Anyone out there do 3D printing, hit me up in the chat. Hit me up in the comments. I will buy a a uh, replica of that, please. Hmm. All right. Love the krill makeup. Yeah, see their screens? See mm-hmm. how their screens almost make sense? Like, even though they're yeah, not... Or the pen- pentagons, yeah. Yeah, they have... Yeah, they... Even though it's not like the typical... Uh, customary uh, before aspect ratios or whatever it sort of makes sense like this sort of like modular grid type format and there's actually screens out there in fact the big screens they use in Hollywood have hexagon shaped panels sometimes so that they can make different shapes and all that when they do the big video walls so yeah yeah and it's a natural the honeycomb is natural and it's a natural shape in the universe and or in nature and also arguably you you might get more screen space this way if you set it up correctly i suppose yeah right um all is good here i love this i love everything about what's going on here oh and even even like their back wall is like very (laughs) hexagon shape Mm -hmm. and triangles like so like that's like maybe our entire system is built on squares and their entire system is built on another shape you know sure yeah all right, so I like this uh, explanation of the light coming from that marketplace. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. This, this whole scene looks really rad. Their their yeah. their planet is extraordinarily populated. Clearly, yes. <clears throat> it's like basically it looks like Hong Kong. If I'm being honest, oh yeah, that's a better. That's a much better uh, comparison, actually. If you ever go to Hong Kong, you need to watch the light show. Get across the river and watch the Hong Kong. You know, light show at night, fantastic. I've never been to Hong Kong, but I probably never will. So I was going <laughs> to say I want to, but I don't really want to. It could happen. It could happen. I want to go to Thailand, though. You should follow that up with something else. Because they have $5 massages. <laughs> you should follow it up. Now continue to follow it up with something else. Because I want to see something really cool. <laughs> go ahead. No, really, just because you can get a massage for five bucks. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't always go the way you think it's going to go. I'm All sorry. Right. Have you have you been to Thailand? I've been to Thailand. Yes, sir. Oh, really? So it's not. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Ah. Americans okay. go to Thailand for very few reasons, and uh, the massages aren't always great. So, anyways, let's keep going. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's why I say keep adding on to that. I want to see the elephants. Yes, I want to go get bananas. Oh, Fantastic. that's what it is. I'm with, I really just want a five dollar <laughs> massage. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to talk after this. We'll have some conversations after this. It'll be great. Okay. 
<laughs> no laughing in the comment section. I don't know what you're talking about, but I think it's something really bad that I just said somehow. <laughs> Why do I feel I embarrassed for something I didn't even I don't even know what I said? I want to get a massage in Thailand. <laughs> Why is that bad? Oh my god, just stop saying it out loud. <laughs> what am I saying wrong? Someone tell me in the chat. He doesn't want to say what I'm saying. I, I can't wrong. say it because we'll be instantly demonetized. So we'll just. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> now come with us now. This is not an election. No. It's a coup. So it looks like Taylor is winning the election in some way and they're just sort of taking over. It's not Yeah, so she surprisingly won, right? right? She surprisingly won the election. Supposedly. Like Trump surprisingly won the election. Yes, yes. And then they came in instead of, I guess, uh, well, Obama was already leaving office for us, so it wasn't a big deal. But apparently uh, this person, so I thought it was like weird because I wasn't sure was it like, was it like Trump winning or was this Biden winning and then they're dragging the other person out of office, you know, kind of like they wanted to do? Or was it like a weird combination of both? What was that one line? Uh Send her to jail or something like that, or prison or whatever. Yeah, uh, lock her up or lock something. Lock her up. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Lock her up. That's what that is. That's what this is. Like, lock her up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. Um, we are observer here. You have no right to detain us. Well, not in Trump's America. Okay, we can detain whoever we want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, I mean, because of what's going on or what happened, it, it does seem very, but also you got to kind of just let it be what it is because it doesn't go all there. You know, there's, doesn't, there's it doesn't go like, all out. You're right. Yeah. It doesn't right. go all out. Um, all right. So they, they talk to the oh. commander. Apparently. Go ahead. Going to Thailand gives a whole new meaning to the word hugging the donkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you wanted to say, right, Fractured Vision? Okay. All right, guys. I clearly said the wrong thing. Let's move on. Okay? <laughs> I told you that was coming. Look. I so this is great. So I Directive 21. bad. I just. Hmm. <laughs> Whatever. All right. So Directive 21. Kelly calls for Directive 21, and nobody knows what it is, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of like, ooh, what's Directive 21? Directive. And I, what I love about it is the show keeps going. And then I forgot that Directive 21 had even been called. Right. And like I was going with the show. So later on, it hits me nice. Well done. Uh, and I'd like to upvote that. Well done on getting it far enough away from us so that we forgot, so that we were pleasantly surprised by finding out what it is later. Yeah, I really like that, actually. Um, I'm going to give an upvote, too, because I was thinking the entire the entire time like what the directive 21 was. And I thought maybe it was like, maybe they're going to use that hologram technology that from the last episode, you know? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sort of glad they didn't though, because it wouldn't have made sense. Um, but it's cool. Either way, it's cool. John Byrne says it was Hillary losing because she was so overconfident. I mean, she was pretty overconfident, right? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we all thought she was going to win. True. Um, Except for 4chan. 4chan. They just was, wanted chaos. They just wanted chaos. 4chan was like, matter. burn it down. 
um, so we get this great comment from uh, from um, uh, Gordon Malloy where he's like, uh, is, uh, Captain, can we do the expanding helix maneuver? And uh, and she's like, do it, right? He's like, I just made it up. Yes. And then we get this quick scene of what looks like Bordas about to throw up. Yes. As it's going in circles, right? That's a little humor injection, right? There's a little humor injection. Okay. Yeah. I can't shake well, As soon as he starts flipping around here. Do it. Do the maneuver. There we go. That would make you sick. I got to admit. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's, that's cool graphics. Right. And then you get, there you go. Now, <laughs> yes, I like that. As cool as those graphics are, there is a moment later on <clears throat> that I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upvote this now. Mm-hmm. There's a moment later on that's going to get a downvote from me. Okay. And I'm just, I'm just I'm foreshadowing here. I'm, I can't wait to find out what it is. I'm, I'm on pins and needles. Making you aware. It's a cool shot. Uh, Taylor looking over uh, Hong Kong or Krill. <laughs> now you got that in my head. That's all I can think about is Hong Kong. Um, really cool. I love the planet. I love the way it looks. Really cool. Love the hexagon shapes. Everywhere is hexagon shapes. That's rad. Yep, little honeycombs. Honeycombs. Now I'm hungry. She's kind of she's kind of scary. Yeah, and so so Trump asked uh, Hillary to beg for mercy, and I'm sorry, <laughs> Taylor asked uh, Chancellor to beg for mercy. He doesn't, and uh, Taylor stabs him, kills him. You know, and, and now it really sets you in. Is this character redeemable at this point? This is—that's <laughs> <laughs> the question that we have to ask. Is the character redeemable after doing this? And uh, something she's going to have to—if—if if they want to redeem her at some point, it's going to have to be something pretty, pretty big. Well, in their society, I think it is redeemable, right? Well, I'm talking from our, the viewer standpoint for us. Oh, I see. Not um, not amongst Krill, but I think that killing the Chancellor is probably fine for us. I think that if she, you know, killed her, uh, we're going to get to that. But her daughter, that would might be a different story. She did try to kill the Union President. She did. That's true. So she's yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. But we barely know who he is. Like we're not really connected to. That's you know, true. Yeah, Taylor's kind of god. <laughs> Giggity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got distracted by the comments. All right. His delegation has been apprehended. And... All right. So they in prison. Mm-hmm. I love, I, this actually annoyed annoyed me. Like, <clears throat> they're acting like they have rights as if, like, they got arrested in another country or something. Like, I mean, what else are you going to say? If you're in this situation and you've been invited there and now all of a sudden it's different, you know, what else are you going to say? You have no rights over us. You're on their planet. They can do whatever they want with you, technically. Well, I mean, if you're under a treaty or if you're under, you know, in in history, at least on Earth. Right. uh, If you're under some sort of a treaty, there's usually a safe passage. And that's kind of where that At least on Earth. Only on the podcast yeah. Unleashed do we have to use the words, at least on Earth. <laughs> exactly. You know, there could be other places. You know, maybe it exists. But the important comment here is Seth right now saying, well, do, can, can we at least get coffee? 
That's true. <laughs> Another little humor bug. There is some. There is like little humor injections. You're right. Maybe yeah. I was. Maybe I'm being too hard on it. To be fair, though, we went from like a really hard. Like the first episode was real serious. Second uh-huh. episode was scary. Third episode had it little. Fun. Had it was fun, but not like humorous fun, right? Yeah. So maybe in my mind, I'm like, ah, oh, I really want some humor, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That must be what it is, because there is some humor here still. Yeah, it's just pepper. It's just sprinkled, you know. It's sprinkled in, like yeah. like 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 uh like salt the salt bay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe people just don't feel like they're getting enough flavor. I don't know. Yeah, we need a little more of that salt bay. A little bit. But yeah, but what's about to happen is also yeah. There's like pretty, pretty serious too. I mean, this is the most serious I've ever seen Ed's character be. Yeah, um, yeah. He goes to talk to Taylor. Taylor says uh, she basically tells him he's gonna die. You're a fool. You're an idiot. Yeah, you're dumb. You're dumb. Yeah, and he's I like, "That what you brought me here is to basically call me an idiot." I was playing you. You're not even good in bed. She didn't say that, but yeah. You have a small, um, but have they a have small this... wiener. Sorry, bud. <laughs> but they do, and I want an upvote here, because they do give a very deep, philosoph- there's like a philosophical conversation happening here, where they're each like quoting, you know, really intensely deep things that basically are trying to show each other's viewpoints. And, um, and he talks about basically a king who says, you know, basically says, I'm, and I'm going to get it wrong here because I didn't write it down, but uh, you know, look at the great wonders I will create. And it's, they find it years later in the desert where there's nothing. Mm. Right. And so, you know, whatever you, whatever great thing you want to create here, uh, Talia, it's, it's just going to end up being nothing dust in the one in the future. And she basically says, I choose greatness now and we all die sometime basically. Um, which, I agree with both points. Exactly. Which I think was the point of agreeing with both points. I think that was, you know, that was very smart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to be remembered in the future, what you got to do is you got to find some fresh concrete and write your name in it. That's how you're remembered. That's it. Yeah. I still, I still have Brian my name. Was here. Yeah. I still have my name in, uh, in, in the concrete at my old elementary school 30 years ago. Yeah. And some kids like spitting on it. It was my, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, all right. Oh, the King of Kings. Uh, moving, moving. All right. So she sends him away, and I like this. They're going through the market. They're, the mar- the marketplace guy was like trying to sell them meat or something. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I thought that was funny because Ed's like, why don't you just buy some meat? <laughs> um, Taylor calls uh, Kelly, and they have this like. <clears throat> this this badass chick standoff. Dun, dun. You're not getting Ed back. I am getting Ed back. That's good. <laughs> I love You're our Kelly. Kelly goes from here and she's like, Whoa, that's intense. That's what she did. Look at watch. Ready? There it is. See? Ooh, yeah. That's yeah. the B face. It was right over there. time, though. She's like, Look, there's backup B faces right there. Look, both of them. 
Wow, how'd you zoom in like that? That was great. <laughs> I have a built-in trolley called my legs. <laughs> um, yeah, they both look, look at them. Oh yeah, Taylor's ready to kick some kick some krill shrimp booty. <laughs> I mean, someone tell me in the chat. Taylor's sort of hot, right? It's not just me. Wait, Talia or Talia? So sort of hot, right? The krill. I mean, chick? The problem is, she's got a snake head, bro. Um... She got a snake head. It's not. I mean, it's hard to get past that. Uh, I'm not kicking it out of bed. <laughs> can, I'm okay with it. Who's gonna say smoke show? Come on, where's the comment? Here we go. I wouldn't call her a smoke show. That's way too big of a compliment. She does have a snake I mean, head, Shane. Calm down. Okay. That's what that's what the chat says. Bro, come on. Come on, bro. Too much. Okay. <laughs> I love I love when you deflect. <laughs> <laughs> so they had this moment. Now, they talk to the union. Now, there's an interesting thing I'm going on, I'm I'm dealing with here. The union immediately agrees to, like, just send all ships. Yes. You wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that, right? Right, yeah. They wouldn't do that. It wouldn't want to start a war. Um, Yeah, they would want to quietly get them out of there. They'd want to. They'd work. Try to work a deal. They'd try to do. There'd be diplomatic things first, but they are going to kill them. So perhaps assassinating the union's president was enough to get them to move into action. I don't. Know. I think I have to downvote this. I felt like the reaction was. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say President Biden is riding his bicycle one day. What are you laughing, man? Okay. <laughs> Let's say he's riding his bicycle one day. Why'd you have to do hey. Why'd you have to do bicycle? Okay, go ahead. Okay. I just watched that clip, bicycle. by the way, guys. I just watched that clip of President Biden falling down. And he comes to a stop. And he falls over, okay? <laughs> and as he falls over, somebody, like, kidnaps him and takes him to another country. And they're like, look, we're going to kill your president. What What do we do? I don't think... I don't think all the warships, like, just show up at their border. Do we send all of our troops to get him back? No, well, we, we send like, like SEAL team, team C. Yeah, like SEAL Team yeah. Six goes in there. It's okay, not like... so maybe they should have sent a smaller contingent of. But see, there was no sneaking this time. Well, but, but they did. They literally did that, though. They so, ended up doing Directive Twenty One, which worked out great. Right. So I feel like them all showing up, and this is why it's a downvote. I'm going to explain the downvote. Okay. I feel like that was a requirement in the plot to get to that space battle. To have the cool identity part three space battle. I mean, we've had some really cool space battles. Right. Even, this, you know, which is great. It wouldn't have been and as having... cool if it was just, you know, SEAL Team 6. That's true. I think from a visual standpoint, and plus that diversion allowed the Directive 21 to happen, I think. So partially. But yeah, you're right. Would you send them? I mean, who knows? This is the union. It's a fictitious future. 
it's really hard to determine what they would do exactly. I mean, dude, you know, when, when they were kidnapped, when they were kidnapped by that one other race, the union told them just write them off. Who was kidnapped? Uh, Ed and Kelly. Yeah, but this isn't the union president. Right, so That's there should I'm be thinking. there should be a response, but should the response be send five hundred warships? I guess it depends on what country you are, you know, and how important your your president is or your leader is. Should I take this this upvote this downvote back? Because I feel like it doesn't. I, mean, you, I feel like it was it was it was it was there so that the audience can see a space battle. I mean, ultimately, is that what they wanted? The side effect of it, yeah. But it's, it's, it's hard for us to say whether or not they would do that when we don't know what the rules are. You know what I mean? Right. What are the rules? Okay, I'll... You do what you feel comfortable. I'm going to take my upvote back. I, I'm, it's not an upvote or a downvote. I'm, I'm on the fence. And so okay, if you're on the fair. fence, it doesn't deserve a downvote. That's fair. Okay, John we got Burns, Super Chat. Oh, yeah, go ahead. John Burns, thank you for the $5. My mom had a nice name for me, Soft Falling Rain. She also had a cute name for my dad, Dumbass. See my Talaya comment above. Yes, that is absolutely true, John, as we're going to find out here in a second. Talaya is a hot Thank you for the five dollars. <laughs> Talaya is a goth hot. <laughs> There's going to be some great jokes after this one. Where's a... Uh, I, can't, I can't display this, but if you want to read it without the F word. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, John Byrne says, I don't think she gives two bleeps, but she killed the chancellor. There are two very agnostic crops on Krill. Uh, she might have to flee like the Duress sisters. Oh, from T- the Klingon sisters, remember? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> Talia has dreamy eyes. <laughs> Keep them coming. Keep them coming. All right. Uh, space Thailand. <laughs> Talaya is hot for space time. Clearly made a mistake with the Thailand reference. My bad. That's great. Oh, we're loving it. Go ahead. Keep All right. Um, okay, so they're going to the marketplace, and they get accosted by uh, some uh, pro-union krill. And they take Ed, and they save him, and they bring him into this little space, and dun-dun-dun! <clears throat> Boom! Dun, dun. Boom. What? Human, krill, hybrid, and that gets a downvote. Wow. What the hell is wrong with you? No, I mean, How dude. You downvote that. Bro, a, a krill. That's my upvote. Upvote. You're going to upvote the, the hybrid? Yes. I like the idea of Ed having a daughter he didn't know about. I like that whole idea, but like, the biology doesn't even make sense. I mean, how do we know? Uh. They have. Two arms and two legs. They had sex. S-E-X. What am I supposed to say here? They had the relations. They're reptile people. They, well, they apparently have the reproductive parts. So, I mean, how it can doesn't that make any animal? sense. Okay, so let's say, let's say you breed a cat and a dog. Two warm-blooded mammals. Right. That probably wouldn't work out. Definitely wouldn't work out. But at least they're in, like, the same, like general branch of species like okay. these are cold-blooded reptiles it doesn't make sense are they reptiles 
Yeah, they're reptilian. I mean, they look reptilian, but are, I mean, do we know that they have cold-blooded reptiles or do they just look like it? I guess we don't know specifically. They look like. We don't know, my friend. We don't know. No, this is a great thing. This is, is fantastic. It, is it a good thing, Shane? Is yeah, it? Because Ed, Ed and Talia have a thing. Like she secretly likes him, right? She does. She secretly cares about him. You can tell, right? And he secretly has a thing for her too. And this just adds like another layer to everything going on. Like it what you're saying is Ed, Ed made Talia's eyes roll back, and now she wants some more Ed time. Well, after she kills him, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. It's really weird. Like she wants him to live, but at the same time she wants, it's very, it's very, very womanish, actually. She wants him to die, but she also Ooh, wants him. That's to problematic. It's true. It's, I mean, you know, you know how it is. Sometimes the girls want to kill you. Sometimes they want to love you. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, it's true. It happens out there. You know, sometimes they're, 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 they're mad at you and sometimes they, they love you. He's- He's talking right now as himself. He's not part of the pop cast, okay? I was fired? <laughs> no, I can't write for, for crap, so you have to stay. <laughs> That's a good point. Somebody is saying over here, thank you, John Burns. If Spock can be half human, right, and half Vulcan, why can't uh, we have a half Krill, half human? Where is that? Look at John John Burns said it. Once, once she was conceived to Leia... Couldn't get couldn't get an abortion. Oh, I see it because she's not allowed to, which we'll find out. Well, so Klingons and humans make kids. Uh, yeah, but that was rare, though, right? Like in, Inter- in Enterprise, they even said that um, human uh, Vulcan hybrids never worked out before, and it was rare that Spock that Spock happened. Like so, like remember when when to when to Paul. To Paul, that wondrous thing. When she hooked up with uh, Trip, like that was they had to like engineer that baby to make it make it work. Um, it just it it's supposed to be something that's super uncommon and doesn't happen. So this happened by accident. I don't know. I don't know. But this know. is not I Star mean, Trek. So why are we even comparing the two? Well, because we don't have a lot to compare to. You're you're making up your own rules as you go. Well, I'm saying like they. Okay, so you know what? I think. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm bringing the mic closer to my face, right? I want to see Let Gordon. Me get serious for a second. Let's say Gordon's going to hook up with Penis Guy, okay? The giant walking penis. He said he didn't want that to be what came out of that interview. <laughs> That's all I can think of now, though. Because he's into that thing. So, so Thanks, what are there? What, what about? Hey, dude, Claire hooked up with uh, Yafit. What's, what's the right. baby's gonna look like? Gelatinous. Well, I mean, but that's that's it's not even I mean, humanoid. If they're snake people, do they even have kids the same way mammals do, or are they born in eggs? Like Boris. Here's the thing: is you're you're fabricating, like you're creating. You're 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 like. You just got to go with what they give you. That's how it works. No, there needs to be some kind of setup, though, to make this. Yes, I know What's Tom Paris and Bellana had a kid. Guys, I get, I get it. I get it. Yeah, so but here's what the thing is. I think you're like, you're thinking this thing, thing you're thinking it through too hard. There was, pre- there was precedence. Precedence. Is that the right word? 
Yeah, but what there was the was precedent? an established foundation for species being able to cross pollinate in Star Trek because the progenitors and Spock over time they well, set up this like this is how this is it can work. One. This is the first one <clears throat> in the Orville. This is the first one. So you have to have a first before you can explain what it is or how it works, right? I guess. All right, let's move on. I guess. Let's no, no. You keep your down vote, and we'll keep going. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking. I, it I told you we'd be fighting this episode. Look at this. We've been nothing but fighting this whole episode. I mean, I like. I like the makeup on the kid. It looks like a a human version. It's like a human krill. It looks like a human krill hybrid. That's the. That's the idea. Yeah, so that's good. The makeup's good. And she has human eyes or whatever gender it is. It has human eyes. Um, well, they said daughters. So. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so she has human eyes. So that tracks because they have like the snake eyes. Another reason why I don't know how it makes sense. But <clears throat> they have like the snake eyes. She has human eyes, so it works. She has like the like instead of scales or whatever, it's like the shape of the krill head, but it's like human right. skin. Very cool. Yeah, all that works. Her name's Naya. Yeah, I of like. Of course, the... she's the reason why this episode's named "Gently Falling Rain" because that's what it means in krill. Oh, I see. I like uh, their interaction. I think Seth, by the way, Seth did a very good job this entire episode. Great acting for him, right? Let's give an upvote to Seth because he acted as butt off this time. I almost said something else. Yeah, I'll he, give it, he really I'll he brought it this time. I'll give Seth an upvote. Yeah. All right. Um, there we go. Makeup is really good on the krill. It's really, really right. Good on Very deep. Yeah. It's like they're and they're all so unique. Oh, this is crazy. This was crazy. Like, like I love this idea that nobody's ever come up with. So they they had an abortion illegally, right? Mm-hmm. And then their punishment. Oh wait, is we're, that we're they not there to... yet. We're not. There no, that's yet. what's happening right there. No, no, we're still talking about the. They're talking. Oh, about what's the, the wrong ones? I'm sorry. It's another female crop. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. What I was gonna say was the krill all have like different markings. Like they have they have a lot of very similar things. That make them look like krill, but then like they have really under like different striations and 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 wrinkles and stuff that make them look very unique. Yes, I think so too. <clears throat> all right, the detail. All right, so they're all there. We're going to it's going to war, man. It's a battle. All right. <clears throat> so this is when she's going to do the abortion thing. Man, this this entire video is going to be just a yellow check mark. We said Hitler and abortion. <laughs> I know. Well, hey, the Orville made us do it. But here, here's what I would say is this did get a downvote from me. Hold because on. Hold on, getting there. Here we go. Okay. No, go no, ahead. not that. Just before that, it got a downvote. Oh, okay. And the reason why I got a downvote was because I felt like it did get too heavy here. So we did like political posturing, um, you know, you know, elections and all that stuff. And now we're doing uh, and now abortion. We're doing abortion. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to be And too. I felt like two messages in one show. I understand. Like, I understand you want to bring it and, uh, and I love it. I feel like it's been brought, uh, but I did feel like that was a bit, a little too heavy. Uh, and we probably should just stick to one message per, uh, you know, per side. And, you know, if you're going to beat up on the, 
conservative viewpoint, which is, I, you know, it's your, it's your show. Do what you want to do. Um, you know, just spread it out a little bit. Right. Um, although excellent timing. Cause aren't they like, aren't like right now the Supreme court is like dealing with this issue. Right. Right. And what's interesting is this was done a long time ago. So, you know, the timing is just really timing is on point. Yeah. Really well done. Really well timed as far as like being in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So interesting. This here. is not both fantastic. Yeah. I thought they were going to kill him for a, like right. aborting their kid. And instead right. they're like, here's what your kid can look like. Hey, I think the order will just solve this problem. So <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I'm really worried that I'm going to piss people off right now. Not my intention. Well, let's say we allow abortion, but uh-huh. before before you go through with it or you sign the paperwork, you have to see what your kid would look like in the, sim- in the simulator. Like this is what this is your child, and then I mean, well, it, I think that's the point. Yeah, because it went, but they're showing them the kid after the fact as, afterwards. As right. That's the punishment. Right. I'm saying, which that's not really that bad of a punishment. Maybe it's to deter I mean, them. It is. Maybe it's to deter them from future abortions. Or it's just punishment. You just now have to face the you have to face the child that you that you didn't you that you didn't make. So so how about that? That's we can solve the problem here. Like <laughs> instead of just signing a piece of paper, okay, all right, you want to get abortion? Cool. This is what it would look like. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I mean, if they had that ability to, I mean, and and it goes further. I mean, I'm not going to get on the abortion thing here, but you know, when, when does a child become, uh, you know, uh, a person, you know, having the ability to like create an actual, you know, exactly what your child would have been is pretty crazy, but so maybe I I, I thought about it. So maybe in like 150 years when we have this technology, we'll finally be able to solve the abortion problem. Well, what you're saying is the, the abortion, abortion problem, sorry, the abortion the, argument, right? You, what you're saying is that that for people, for the people who don't want people to have abortions to win, so that is what you're saying. So, you know, what? Because if they were to see that, then they wouldn't have abortions anymore. No, I know. I think that like if you were able to look at that and still be like, yeah, hey, I'm good. Yeah, kill it or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's on you. Go that would be okay. <laughs> right, yeah. but you have to like see your. You have to see. Yeah, uh, what you're giving up before you give up. I'm pretty sure no one would agree to that. Yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to see that. It's a heavy topic, Holmes. Here we uh, got a five dollar super chat from John Burns. Thank you, John. At Shane, do the krill murder their offspring who have birthmarks? See my e comment above. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and I his see. E comment. Uh, at Brian's suggesting that Taylor wanted more of E, Ed. And Shane is reminding us of the great line from Die Hard, only John could make someone that angry. Ah, okay. See my E comment above nice. Now Take you're worried job. about pissing people off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right, exactly. Now, finally. I'm always worried about it a little bit. I, mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to offend anyone. Um, but I also, I also don't care about most of any of this stuff. And it's, it's hard nowadays. 
I feel like people need you to care one way or the other. And if you don't care, you're going to piss off one side or the other, you know? That's a good point, yeah. And I just don't. I don't care about any of it. I have my own. I have my own beliefs, and I I follow my own rules and my own my own in in Brian Universe canon, and I don't <laughs> care what people do in their own individual universes. That's on them. Yep, that's the that's way true. I look at life, and I think that I think people that upsets people when I say that. I don't know well, that. it can't upset people that you say that. That you, yeah. I'm sorry, but you know, if saying like you do what you want to do, that's cool. I'm going to do what I do. If somebody is upset by that, then they need to go. You do a self evaluation. No, but people people do get upset by that, like for sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Those people, whoever says they're upset that you just want to be your own for individual, you know, then they need to go self evaluate. That's true. So abortions are the equivalent of watching lung cancer victims talk about smoking on TV. <laughs> yes, yeah, good call. I remember yeah. growing up. I remember growing up. My 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 biological mom, who was a heavy smoker, would like tape the commercials so, so that I would never stop start smoking. And she'd be like, "Look at this! Look at this!" And she's and the, and my biological mom was such a heavy smoker. She sounded like this. Look, Brian, let me show you this right now. And so I'm like. Mom, you tape these commercials, but you're still smoking three packs a day. <laughs> so you want me to be like better? I get it, but like if you know what's what the problem is, stop. And by the way, mom, <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> stop it, Brian. You don't stop. want to look yeah, like she me. She used to tape the commercials. Was like, it. I once had a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> Now my face looks like this. My my mom would be in our closed house smoking a cigarette. I'd be like, watch this. Watch this commercial. Like blowing smoke at you? And I'm like, I think I'm going <laughs> to die before you do. <laughs> She's like, Secondhand smoke, it's not true. This is why you should never smoke. I'm like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> this is your kid. This is your kid on a frying pan with butter. I remember that too. This is your brain on drugs. <laughs> And it's like, yeah. I'm like, why am I hungry right now? <laughs> that was great. Dude, the war on drugs was, we were not successful. It worked. No, no, no. How no. did it work? Just say no. Just say no works. What do you mean? Just say no. This just in, weed is, weed is now, now totally legal in 47 states. <laughs> right. But in the 80s. We the lost the war on drugs. The kids of the 80s were not your drug addicts of the 90s. You're you know right. They were all like coke heads, right? Well, coke was the 80s. So the kids in the it actually worked. Everyone was just saying no. You know, so most of the kids that grew up in the 80s and kind of were adults in the 90s, they weren't really your drug heads. It's the kids who were born in the 90s. who, in, And you know what? It's not the kids' fault. It's legalizing marijuana and telling everybody that it's okay to do it, right? It makes them go like, well, it's all right. Here's the eighty. Here's the eighties. Ready? <laughs> Just say no. That's demonetized. There you go. That's how you get to. And, and, and here's the nineties. What's that guy's problem? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in two thousands, all about like ADHD medication, right? Like. 
Yeah, once upon a time we were doing an Orville review. It was really good. Ah, it's your fault. You got me off off time. I know, my bad. Um, yeah, so they create a simulation and they can see what their kid looks like. Now I'm now while like while I upvoted this scene, I'm gonna downvote Ed's reaction. Because mm. he's acting like this is absolutely like horrible. Why would you that do they, this? I don't Yeah. But I, why are you downvoting? Because his reaction is overblown. What what do you mean? Like if they were killing them, then then his reaction would be would be reasonable. What if Ed believes in abortion? Then uh, still, though, the punishment for abortion is not that bad. It doesn't deserve that kind well, of. Well, then he would be. Then he would think, why you shouldn't punish anybody for abortion? That's the point here. That's the point so that then the... then then the down vote stands because it's too heavy handed. His reaction sure. is like, why would you do that? Like, do what? Right. Bro? I don't. What's the problem? Well, it depends on the point of view, but basically they're torturing those parents for having an abortion. I mean, yeah, but they're not like they're not going to live there forever. They're showing them what happened. Like considering what Krill has done, the fact that she just killed her political op- opposition, you would yeah. think that the punishment for something illegal like that would be much more gnarly than look, here's a picture of your child. <laughs> Well, I mean, it depends on how long they leave you in with that child. Like, maybe that was just the beginning of it. Maybe they spend a day or two days or five days. But we don't know what it is, and Ed only saw that one interaction. So what Ed knows is exactly what we know. And his reaction is, why would you do it? You want your kid to grow up in a world like this? You're like... Yeah. I mean, it seems like the punishment... First off, okay, even if you don't believe there should be a punishment, that's a pretty light punishment. Well, it depends on who you are. Like, if you feel guilty about aborting your child then maybe this would be a fitting punishment right so let's say let's see the point of view let's say ed mercer's point of view is you should be able to have an abortion you know because it's the woman's choice or whatever whoever's choice it is and they there should be no repercussions for having an abortion whatsoever if that's his point of view then this would be horrifying for him no I don't know how they. I don't. I don't see how this can be horrifying for anyone with any point of view. It's. It's like such a light punishment to deal with. I mean, I guess it depends on how f- strong you feel about things. Like if you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, John I don't Burns. Know. I can see. How- John Burns, another five bucks. Thank you, John. He said the war on drugs caused more drugs. The war on guns led to more guns. Can the government have a war on BJ's and Orsi's? <laughs> Oh my god! That's yes! pretty epic. Epic, epic. Con- good one, good one. Snip good one. that comment. Snip it. That nice. That's going in. That is going into the popcast legendary folder. I will. I am. I and you. And your comment right now has just started a folder that one day I will populate. <laughs> That means it's the first legendary comment. John, this is the first legendary comment. And and in a year from now, we're going to have an entire segment where we we just go through legendary comments because that was legendary. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Hilarious. Now we just need need a war on uh, massages in Thailand. (laughs) Mage Fraser, recommend you go to Thailand for such things. (laughs) Right. Exactly. See, we're seeing eye to eye here. I didn't know Thailand was so bad. 
I I thoroughly regret my statement now. That's that says a lot of good things about you. The fact that you didn't know that. That's I didn't good. know anything about it. All I know is when I go get a massage now, it's like 150 bucks, dude. Yeah. All right. But are you happy at the end of it? <laughs> what? Are you happy at the end of your massage? Oh, I see where you're going. I didn't say anything. It's a simple question. Not for 150 bucks. That's like 500 bucks. <laughs> so, yeah, we need John Burns War then. This is a cool shot, by the way. Very cool. Lots of hexagons. Yeah, lots of hexagons. <laughs> These guys have been out. They've been out there fist pumping for like an hour and a half now. <laughs> Drones can go all day, man. Um, <laughs> someone needs someone with some After Effects experience. Please do this for me, okay? Oh God, I gotta wait now. All right. Someone take this scene and just make them all be wearing red hats. <laughs> Please, someone do this. <laughs> do it for me. It would be funny. It would be hilarious. That'd be great. Fracture vision. See how the discussion this show creates. Yeah, it does. That's a great discussion. 100%. All right. So they're going to kill him. What was it? Order 21 or whatever? Yes. It was Directive 21. Directive 21. Cool directive. All right. Now. See, that's not all the ships. That's a lot of ships, bro. That's like Identity Part 3, dude. And look at, they like immediately start destroying ships though, right? They must. I mean, they're shooting at each other. Yeah, it's like immediately. I mean, how many people died so that they can, like, sneak them off the planet? I don't know. People go to war for strange things. That's true. Like like the war on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I can just imagine some 80s ad executive. Just say no! <laughs> so we can get more! <laughs> Have a good one, John. Thanks. Later, Johnny. Uh, make Crow great again. Oh, so this is the scene. Sorry. Directive 21. John and Penny, uh, Penny, uh, Claire are dressed up as Krill. What was it called? That's fantastic. Micro surgery or whatever? 21. Oh, yeah. I guess it's like micro lasers or whatever it is. I love this. Trust me, Mr. President. I'm much better looking in person. And yes, Penny. Yes, you are. <laughs> true all good graphics really good graphics i love this scene them flying through it's hard to argue with that's, that that's pretty great yeah i love how they're kind of just going through and and everything's kind of happening yeah really cool stuff um what's next here let's get to the next milestone look at john go back into john's face right there that was great Oh, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's so funny seeing them in these as makeup because you can see the character. You can see the actor through the makeup, you know, yeah. so well. Yeah. Yeah, he looks great. I can't wait to interview Jay Lee, too. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Um, Our next interview, hopefully, will be uh, <clears throat> Ensign Charlie Burke. Oh, good. Yeah. I have some questions. Okay. Yeah, so many ships are exploding here. 
This is like this is like a massive loss of life. Yeah. I'm not gonna download this again because I already downloaded this sort of like I've sort of already downloaded this, so I'm not gonna download yeah. it. But this seems like a a big battle that we're not witnessing. Like we're seeing parts of it. Like there might be too much going on in this episode. You know? Mm. Well, I mean, that's why I say it feels like a movie because that's how you would do a movie, you know, and maybe it's hard to like hard. Maybe it's hard to, I mean, you got to remember this is over an hour long, this episode. It's like an hour and four minutes, I think. Hmm. I mean, compare that to the, it's double the length of any Obi-Wan of the Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes, you know, and you can have more that's epic not, things not if you have a longer run What's that? That's not saying much, though. Obi-Wan is like... Why? Because... I'm just saying, in comparison, you have more time to do more That's things. True. That's true. You know, and so you get this... You can do more. <laughs> Arch Mage Frey. <laughs> Read that. You, sh- you should Read ask this? your you future do. guests if they've ever visited scenic times. <laughs> no, the guy we wanted to ask was, was Scott, and we already talked to him. We're going to have someone add that Someone comment on the Jay Lee post. When we post for your Jay Lee questions, someone ask if he's ever visited Scenic Thailand, please. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. <laughs> he's going to be like, yeah, I love the elephants. There's <laughs> 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 a giant battle. This battle is like huge. So yeah, maybe it feels like a movie, but it also feels like there's too much crammed in one episode. If I'm being mm. honest. Okay. Um, they get aboard the ship. Now they're back at love this. Graphics look sick. Yeah, I really. Like <laughs> this it. is not criticism, but every time we see Earth, it's always like around this time of the day, like the dusk time, where the light is hitting the buildings and them. <laughs> Why ruin a good thing? Right. Yeah, you might as well just <laughs> always show us the best possible picture of Earth. Yeah. I love the chairs. You know what's funny? You see these white chairs back here. Mm-hmm. At our office, we had a couple of these a long time ago. Oh, and they were they were like annoying. You couldn't stack them. You couldn't. Mm. They looked cool as hell, but you can't stack them, and they don't fit in a good place, and they don't have wheels. And we ended up just putting them in the back of our little shop, and someone stole them. All right, so this last real, the last important scene, in, in my opinion, unless I'm missing something, is they talk about his kid, and Kelly consoles him, and then she goes, "Do you want to get some breakfast?" And uh, they walk away, uh, arm in arm, right? Yeah, she really. I mean, this is really kind of a sweet moment. Um, you know, she's, she's really supporting him here. She obviously cares about him and, you know, she's kind of being that person he needs right now. And that was nice. Yeah. Am I crazy or? Yes, you are. You always do that. (laughs) Sorry. I have to start, I have to start precursoring a question with am I crazy? Um, is it, is it just me? Or are they shipping Kelly and Ed? No, I don't think so. Not in this case. I think she's being a friend. I think they have such a close past relationship. They were married. 
that this isn't weirdly uncomfortable or overly sexual. You know, during the whole conversation, she's like supporting him on half. Remember, they had a conversation during it where she's like supporting him. The fact that he had a child, she wasn't acting weird or jealous or strange. She was like, you know, I know you always wanted to have a child, you know, you know, trying to tell him it's not a bad thing. You know, so I didn't it didn't feel that way to me. Do people want her to end up with Kelly um, to add to end up with Kelly? Some people do. I personally don't want them together. Right. I think they're better not together. I hear you. Okay. Um, final scene is uh, Talia looking at her daughter on the view screen. And I thought that was pretty good because it, it, it really, it sets us up to say here that Talia is on the fence. We don't really know what her ultimate, you know, how she's going to go at the end. But obviously this is, the story isn't over. We're going to have more episodes. You got to remember we got, what do we got? We got uh, six more episodes. Six more episodes, to come. Yeah. So we're obviously going to revisit this because they're not going to leave it hanging just in case the Orville doesn't come back. That will be dealt with, which means Talia's on the fence. And my guess is she'll end up making the right decision in the end. But okay, I'd like to give an upvote for the, for the whole show. Okay. I'll give an upvote for the whole show, too. Yeah, All overall. Right, I mean, I still, I still have my basic criticism that a lot was in one episode. But to be fair, because there was so much in one episode, at no point was I bored. A hundred percent true. Yeah, no, there was no boredom here. Okay. Uh, yeah. So listen, if you guys uh, are not subscribed, hit that subscribe button on the way to the comment section to uh, let us know if you've ever enjoyed the elephants in Thailand. <laughs> That's gonna have to be like the secret meaning from now on. Yeah, the elephants in Thailand. Okay, let's look at the comments real quick before we head out. We'll head to the member section. What we got? We got Timothy Hoffman. If they if they had the episode length in season two, do you think they would have made a Danny one longer episode or two? Oh, that's a good question. Actually, would it have been a two parter or would it would it have been just a long episode? It would have been a longer episode, I think. If they could have, yeah. I mean. They probably wouldn't have made it a two-parter. Yeah, it would have just been one long episode. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. the Fracture Vision, the contrast in color is weird in this scene. I think he's talking about maybe on, when they're... On Earth. The Earth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Burns, at Shane above. That might have been a cool light ship for those who could have seen it. Too bad they couldn't. But I'm thinking with the cloud cover, the krill could make up any story they wanted to. Not sure I missed that one. Mm. But anyways, we had some good laughs. That was fun. And then we yeah. got a, you know, it's an eight. So why not? Yeah. Our overall score is an eight. Not bad at all. I mean, it's the best since the first episode, I think. Um, I really like episode three, man. Yeah. Episode three was probably the best, but it got it got a lower rating because there was probably less to talk about. It was also yeah, a shorter I think, episode. True. And I think this episode, I think this episode was the most grand, was the most epic episode so far. Right. You know, as far as so many things happening. And I think it was, it was Seth's best acting. Um, yes. There was a lot of big things here. Yeah. Uh, and that's the kind of thing. Each episode's different in its own way. So I would gauge this one as being for me, 
um, the second best episode story-wise, but probably the best episode from the production team as a whole. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good, that's a good thought. Um, Timo said, I liked all episodes so far, but every episode felt like it was either a little too long or a little too short for the story. Yeah. For the story, right? Like Mm -hmm. this episode was more than long enough, you know, hour and 20 minutes, but it felt like they crammed too much into it. So maybe if it was an hour and 45 minutes, it could, it, it could have been, it wouldn't have felt so, um, compressed. Perhaps. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, it doesn't make for a good watchability. That's very true. Okay, so my friends, we are heading to the members. Unless you got something to say, Shane, we're going to be heading to the members section pretty soon. No, I just want to tell you guys, thank you for thank you for coming. We've been on for a little over three hours now, live. Um, we won't always have two shows to review, uh, so this is kind of special right now. But thanks for sticking in for all you guys who watched through the whole thing. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Come back next week. Or we visit are going, us in the members. Yes, we are going to the members section. Before we do, please hit that subscribe button and the like button and all those buttons down there. We really appreciate it. And if you want to join us in the members section, we are going to be talking about Sonequa Martin-Green, Discovery Season 5. And wait for it. She said, there is an unexpected Star Trek crossover. And more Tilly. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, we're also talking about uh, Zack Snyder's thoughts on Grant Gustin replacing Ezra Miller as the new Flash. I like it a lot. And we're going to be teasing a little bit our video coming up on... um... (laughs) May Thailand be with you. you. (laughs) We're going to be teasing our video for Sunday morning. Time to rename the member section Thailand. Please come to the member section, Fracture Vision. We need your comments. That's great. Oh, man. Uh, and we are doing the legendary comments. We're going to start saving the legendary comments from now on. because that, yeah. That's going to be a great segment. Anyways, you Thank you, get, Timo. You can get there by going to popcast.co slash join. There is also a link in uh, the description. And I will right now place a link for that in the chat right here. Oops, I did it wrong. My bad. Oh, jeez. I just, I pasted it like six times. I'm sorry. All right. Um, we are going to continue this conversation in the member section. If you guys want to come. If you don't, that's cool. We'll see you guys tomorrow and next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. All that good stuff. And, uh... We're off. Bye, guys. guys. We love you. Have a good day. (laughs) Have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good day, Brian. (laughs) I'm not not joking. My my biological for members. My I have my I have two moms, stepmom, and biological mom. My biological mom wasn't really around a lot when I was young, right? Yes. Um, But for the time she was here, she really wanted to, like, compress all of her motherly knowledge into, like, the one year she spent with me, right? Nice. And she, nice. And she did this thing. I'm not joking. She smoked like a, like like crazy. And she would literally, like, fit, like record on a videotape, like, PSAs about drugs and, and cigarettes and what not to do. And... <laughs> She'd be sitting there 
smoking a joint, telling me to never do drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, they do their best, man. They do their best. Listen, don't be like me. Don't, don't be. In in hindsight, I I get where she was, what she, so she was an extreme addict and she was dealing with extreme addiction issues and she didn't want her son to be that way, but. You gotta, and it's it's funny in hindsight, but when I was a young person, I was like, ah, uh, I don't understand what you're doing. Is this like a parody? Are you, are you making a joke? Is it sarcasm? I don't know. So that's all right. Well, I mean, it's some of this stuff. I really, I never did drugs. So, well, um, there you go. Although, although I do want to go to Thailand, and apparently there's a lot of drugs in Thailand. Is that what is that what they were saying? It was not drugs, dude. It's pro- young prostitution like minors like that's like there's like this whole thing about middle-aged white men going to thailand for like right and as soon as you're like i want to go to thailand for the massages i know you're like i want to go to thailand for the cheap massages and i'm like oh my god did he just say that like that like that one scene of always sunny when uh dennis was talking to um uh to mac and he's mm. like, he's being real creepy about like the guy that they're, they're caddy at the golf course. who's like a small uh, Asian guy. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, De- Dennis, Dennis, are you going to that small Asian boy? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, I, I remember watching it like two o'clock in the morning and laughing uncontrollably, bro. <laughs> It was like it was like Scott in our interview today. Like twice he said that like I was hitting on him. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like this could get creepy really fast. Scott, I wish we had like an hour with Scott. He's so funny. We didn't get enough time. No, we didn't. I mean, he was great. Not his fault. The Hulu people were like, uh, "Yeah, listen, you get 15 minutes. That's it." What's up with that? <clears throat> it's so funny because when he first came on, you guys didn't get to hear it, but he's like. I'm like, hey, thanks. I know you don't have a lot of time. And he's like, no, this is why I'm here. We need to get the show. More people need to watch the show because we need to do more Orville. I mean, he was all about it. Yeah, the Hulu, so. people, the, the Hulu people cut him off. And I think that the, re- the Hulu people cut him off because we spent so much time with Penny. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I, I think maybe. they were trying to like mitigate, like they were trying to mitigate how much time we spent with their people. Why not just let them go as long as they want to go? You know, what's the point? I mean, unless he had a whole bunch to do, maybe they set up a bunch of them. You know, I don't know. And you know what? I'm 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 just stoked that we got to interview him. So, plain plain and simple, yeah. like three years when we started this thing three years ago or whatever, like it was our dream to actually interview people from Norville. So that's true. Yeah, we finally got to do it. We're so. doing we're doing something we we talked about one day doing like three years ago. So that's nice. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, it's fair. <clears throat> I'm sure Jay is like feeling the same way as us. Like this is the first year he's really got to interview anybody. We finally got to do it. A lot of time put in it. You know, for us to be able to finally yeah. do these things. So. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears, man. Yes. Yes. So what do we got coming up? So guys, apologize. Uh, it is my fault. One hundred percent. That we have not been putting out podcast videos the last week or so. Um, I have not given Brian the script. I've actually been a little bit content. You know, our videos have not been performing really well, so we've been trying to find like a really good one to do. 
Um, so what we've decided we want to do, and I want, I'm kind of curious about your guys' opinion here. What we're working on right now is like the real reason Obi-Wan Kenobi is, is, was terrible and kind of talking about like really breaking down all the reasons why that show was not successful. And, um, we want to release that on Sunday. Let us know what you think about that topic. Cause I'm going to be working on that later today. Yeah. I wonder like, so this is our, our, like our conclusion people, when we, when we when we explained how we wanted to rewrite uh, The Last Jedi, people liked it. When we explained how we think Obi-Wan could turn the franchise around, people disliked it. So is it is it that people are just sort of over Star Wars and they, what they want to hear is like why people have problems with Star Wars? Because that's the case. We have a, a list of those problems. Like, we'll, we'll yeah. set it up. But maybe the people just aren't interested in in anything positive about Star Wars right now, because Star Wars is such a mess, and it really is, honestly. Because we had a bi- we had big ideas for Obi Wan, and none of them came to fruition. So, well, the big article that came out today was is the you know it was the Star Trek or the Star Wars burnout is very real, uh, and I was like, whoa, you know, it could be that people just don't want to talk about it no more or hear about it. Hmm. But uh, I mean, we got to give our one last shot. I mean, I think we have to give one last like, you know, go at it and say this is, you know, this is why it didn't work. Oh, I because it's, it's really why the whole the whole thing doesn't work. Archmage says, to be honest, I don't care much about Star Wars, but I'll watch whatever you make about it. That's great, my boy. Thank you, Archmage. There's some of you that are just like that, and it's the uh, yeah, we appreciate that a lot. Good folks, man. Good folks. We okay. got good people. You ready to talk about some uh, <laughs> discovery? <No. laughs> oh, you don't want to talk about Discovery season five, Shane? Well, we're going to talk about Discovery season five. I just may not say anything good about it. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't didn't think you were. Son of a bitch! Quick question: um, What did you do in Thailand? Me? <laughs> when I was there? Yeah, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Oh. Oh no, I was there with the Navy, bro. <laughs> I expected you to be like Asian boys. <laughs> oh, I was I was too far past it. You know, Thailand is actually a uh it's a very um there's a lot of big third world. There's some actually some kind of first world elements to it, but it's mostly very third worldish, so it's not a great place to hang out. So we were looking up after our Cancun vacation. I'm just being clear. I I didn't know anything about the weird prostitution or whatever. Um, but after our Cancun vacation, we were looking at places to go that were like affordable, and a lot yeah. of like the kind of places you would go that are affordable are not affordable for me because I'm poor. But we're looking at <clears throat> Thailand. We're like, mm. look at this. I mean, dude, if you're going with a family, you know, there, you can you can you, listen. It's not all about the dirty stuff in Thailand. You can go to Thailand and still experience it. You know without doing bad things. But you know what I would suggest? I would suggest Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. It has a, it has a first world vibe. And yet you, it also has a lot of culture, which you can go see in, in beautiful places like this. So we, I'm looking it up and like a flight was like, at the time it was like 800 bucks a person. You can get a, you can get a, like a really nice hotel room overlooking like the ocean for like 80 bucks a night. Yeah, and- go do it. And so in my mind, I'm, I'm looking at a place that like, oh, wow, I can afford this. And it looks it looks like a different version of Cancun, you know? Well, go to a resort. Yeah. I mean, any of these places you go to a resort, 
it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a, you know, a good experience. Yeah, but I don't want to come home and be like, oh, I went to Thailand. It was wonderful. And every single person would be like, oh, yeah, was it? <laughs> you, you, it would have been okay. Well, don't go alone, number one. <laughs> Take your wife. As a single male. <laughs> yeah, don't go. Don't go and don't stay, you know. Yeah. And don't say you went for the massages and you're good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there we go. We are talking about Discovery Season 5. So Nimco Martin Green talks some unexpected crossovers. And of course, we're getting a whole lot more Tilly. And does that mean more Tilly or more scenes with Tilly? That's the question. Mm. Talk to me, Shane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I don't know why we need any more of Tilly. Like I, like, I don't know why. You're so defeated right now. You're like, oh god. Well, it's okay. First off, who are they going to cross over with? And this this also surprised me. It's true. It's going to happen because Kurtzman during his uh, Will Wheaton post Trek after show thing did say Will Wheaton asked him, "Is there going to be a crossover?" upcoming and then kurtz was like mm, yes oh. and i'm like oh shit right because then i'm like well what does that mean like who's gonna right. cross over it's picard right? picard's now, going to the future oh. now it's discovery oh. crossing over right I, I don't think picard's going to the future i think uh unfortunately the only real crossover that makes sense here is discovery and strange new worlds how does that make because sense? Because the time frame, because she came from their time frame. So if there's some sort of reverse, you know, somehow some of them come back to the past or something, there could be a crossover. You know what I'm saying? Because they so, could return to their times of time frame. So, yeah, that means they would have to come back to the past. Right. So there's that. Um, now, they, it, maybe there's a crossover. And this is my hope. This is my hope that there is a crossover of uh, Lower Decks. <laughs> and we get like a cartoon version of Michael Burnham. I'm totally cool with that. Great. Go yeah. do it. I'm not even watching Lord. And maybe that's the <laughs> Right? Uh, but let's leave it out of Strange New Worlds. We we let, we sent Discovery into the future for a reason. But why do we believe this is a case? Bro, because Sonequa Martin... What ahead. if it's one of the androids from Picard? Like Soji or Doji or whatever her name is. Yeah, great. Send them. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's what they're talking about here. Because this whole interview is about her working with other great actors. So uh, from not just, you know, in the Star Trek time frame. So it says here, let me, get, let me go through this real quick. Um, so apparently, um, Sonequa Martin-Green uh, was in London. And they started asking her questions about stuff. Games Radar in London. And... Uh, they said, is there any anywhere you'd like to see Discovery go where maybe it hasn't gone before, uh, whether that's high concept or very specific character episodes? <clears throat> and the comment is, now we've gone past every other Star Trek in terms of the timeline. So she's saying they're way in the future. Right. I'm excited yeah. to continue this new future. So, so we are going to keep doing Discovery into the future, okay. apparently. Uh, it says, I'm excited to see more technology and I'm excited to see more character development with our core, those characters that we've just come to love so much. So I'm assuming she's talking about all the people we don't know their names 
right uh, on the bridge like the core people that we love on discovery yeah this is what i call them i call them um uh smiling african african american man um woman with technology on head um <laughs> that one guy in the back i'm not I, just, I'm, I don't even know know what his racial profile is and saru <laughs> okay gotcha yeah and saru uh she, she said i just want to see more and more interactions with the crew or just the discovery amongst themselves. And I'm excited for more of that. Um, so currently there is no confirmation of what kind of role Tilly will have going forward in season five. However, showrunner Michelle paradise has suggested that she will be returning in some capacity. So we're definitely getting Tilly back in season five. Now, oh, what, so when sorry. you said it, it made it sound like more Tilly, like additional Tilly, right? This makes it sound like, yeah, she'll be back. So that's good. Okay. Um, <clears throat> she was asked, uh, let's see, uh, which would, would she was asked if she'd like to see some Star Trek legends show up on discovery, like actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when asked, when asked with whether she would hope to share the screen with any Star Trek legends, uh, Sonequa listed, uh, Kate, of course, uh, from, from Voyager, uh, Patrick Stewart, Whoopi Goldberg, and Avery Brooks, while also saying, I want to work with so many people. Um, and says, I'm very much in support of crossover episodes and us getting an opportunity to work with some of the people whose shoulders we stand on, which tells us that she's, wow, okay, so that's not Pike. That's not whose shoulders are standing on. Oh, oh crap. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. That's, that's TNG characters. Oh. That's TNG characters, bro. Okay. Executive producer Alex Kurtzman has confirmed there is going to be a Star Trek universe crossover of some sort, oh. although that is assumed to be between the current series. Yeah, but the current series uh, are Discovery and Picard or Strange New Worlds, but standing on shoulders would be. Yes. Uh, apparently. Um, Green uh, got together with Kate Mulgrew. Uh, she was there to promote Prodigy. Um, so they were together then. I don't think Kate Mulgrew is... I mean, could there be a Prodigy crossover? No. Not, Prodigy, not without time Mulgrew. travel. So it sounds like next-gen characters. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. And what I bet I bet is I bet Picard season three happens. And then somehow we get somebody in discoveries timeline somehow. Cause seasons, cause season three is a send off. So how are they going to do a crossover season three shot? It's done. Yeah. And Kurtzman really had to think about the crossover thing, which made me think that it was like, it wasn't something that, that had already been like deathly done or completed. More like something that was being planned. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like what characters can survive that long? None. None, right? No. So it'll have to be some sort of time shenanigans. Yeah. Or some kind of like transporter buffer stuff or whatever. What if Burnham comes back somehow through some sort of time weird thing that happens? Maybe that the crossover is just her going back in time for a short period of time or something. She would ruin Picard season three. <laughs> not not in Picard season three. That's already been done. Like that's shot. That's 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 they're they're in post production now. So what's she coming back to that she stood shoulders on or whatever? 
Well, that's what I'm saying is maybe uh, that's a good point. So maybe they have to go to her. So they're going to have to go to her. Right. So mm. maybe we get a little uh, Jordy the Forge. Jordy, yes. You know, in a in a uh, got stuck in a time riff or transporter Ooh. buffer or something like that. Better hologram. Hologram Jordy LaForge or anybody. Uh, like a computer program or something? Yeah, like hologrammed after that character. You know, so it would still be the actor, right? Right. So I guess the crossover can just be like, oh, this is like they're, consul- you know, they're consulting with like this legendary engineer. Yeah. But how would that, that would legendary be- engineer know anything about technology in 900 years? I don't know. That's just my best guess. <laughs> That's what I've got. I don't know, man. He's the youngest one of that group, though, right? Probably. He's the, he's the only one that makes sense. If if, if there's going to be a TNG crossover, LaForge is the only one that makes sense. I mean, I think Beverly probably would do more. You know, um, Gates McFadden would probably want to do more Trek. Right. Um, you know, it, I guess it just depends. Maybe, I don't know who wants to do it. And maybe it's just one episode. Maybe it's just... A crossover, you know, a crossover is generally just, you know, something small. It also could be, I mean, there's going to be a series to replace Picard. And uh, a lot of people believe it's Starfleet Academy, mm. you know, and if it's Starfleet Academy, then what does that mean? Uh, well, uh, you easily could have any of the, you know, next gen people um, teaching at the Academy, right? It's true. All right. I still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I, still not being. I can't think of a single, a single way it makes sense, and that makes me go, ugh. Then they're gonna ruin it and say, "There's no way it's gonna make sense," which means that it's gonna make it's not it's gonna be nonsense, and it's gonna make me further further dis dislike uh, discovery. Okay, that makes sense. But what do you think? Hit that comment section on the way to the comment section. Hit the subscribe button and the alert button. And do me a solid. Tell Shane what your favorite episode of Star Trek Discovery is. Yeah, tell me. I want to hear all about it. (laughs) I want to hear every little detail about the mental health issues in season four. Every detail, please. Oh, all right. See you guys I want to hear it all. Please. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got in the comment section? Carl Orban or nothing. Oh, imagine if it was Ooh. one of the Kelvin people that crossed over. Nah, I mean, that'd be cool. But Midnight's sure. Edge. Tom from Midnight's Edge. His head would literally just explode. You'd <laughs> 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 be like, I knew it the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Wesley Crutcher and Soji. I think you're right. I think you're right, man. It's travelers, dude. I mean, travelers would be easy. Like that would be the way to go. Yeah, is you it, know, Kansas is Tilly bigger. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't gonna do it. You know, as one large man to a large woman. I'm trying to be careful here. <laughs> Oh, oh, you mean? Oh, you mean I'm like old, like a bigger role? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> One of the cartoons takes place in the future. That's true. We already have that backup version of Voyager. Uh, the Voyager Doctor that was reactivated nine years in the future. Yeah, we we already have that backup version of the Voyager Doctor that was reactivated nine years in the future. What? Did we have that? Did they reactivate they Picardo? On Discovery? Yeah, I don't remember that. That would have been awesome. It's, it could be one of those times I wasn't paying attention, but I feel like we would have talked about that significantly. That would be an easy crossover. Yes. Like can, canonically, like they find no. his his uh, mobile emitter or whatever. Yeah, a piece of cake. And mm. I, I think that crossover would be good for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Especially don't talk about Bangkok. <laughs> we, we, we were staying away from that word. Oh, an episode of Voyager, Living Witnesses. That was that. Living Witness, he, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, it was, yeah, he was around for a long time. He lived a whole life. That was a great, great episode. Anytime they do those, anytime where the, the the character gets to live like a whole other life, it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Next up, talking about Zack Snyder. Ready? I am ready. We are talking about why Zack Snyder doesn't want Grant Gustin to replace Ezra Miller as the new Flash. And why are we even talking about this? Maybe you've been living under a rock, but Ezra Miller. Is not crazy. He's a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, the guy has lost his or person or whatever. And I ain't gonna get into that. Has lost his marbles. He is grooming twelve-year-old kids. He's like pulling his gun out. He went to a a badminton game night or some kind of game night at some family's house. Badminton. And he's sitting there in front of the of the parents. Uh hitting on a 12-year-old boy and when the father of the said boy says, hey man, chill out, dude, and tries to tell him to, to back off, Ezra Miller opens his coat to show him a piece and says, you keep talking about that, you're using problematic speech like that and we're going to have a problem. I'm not joking. <laughs> that is such a villain move, man. He is a villain. He is the reverse Flash, which means <laughs> DC has fired him. They were like, this guy cannot be the Flash. I don't care how good the Flash does, right? Let's say the Flash comes out and it's a hit. It makes $5 billion at the box office and everyone loves it. DC, mm. regardless of how good it does, is not going to hang their hat on this insane uh unbalanced individual so they're talking about replacing him and mm. of course Grant Gustin's name is being thrown out there <laughs> Shane why is Grant Gustin's name being thrown out there uh, because Ezra needs to take a trip to Thailand <laughs> <laughs> you realize the majority of people that are watching this are seeing this way out of we, context we, we have a we have a Thailand joke going on here. Okay, sorry, my bad. Uh, because Grant Gustin is the Flash 
on the CW's version of the Arrowverse. No, Barry. No, Barry. We are the Flash. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up, man. Do you remember oh, that? <laughs> you yes, remember, I do. Do you remember when Iris, when Iris looked at Barry stone cold, sober, right? Yes. Yes. No emotion in her face. No parody. No Nothing jokes. No Barry. We, we are the Flash. Oh, that's what I was like. Nope. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. That was the last episode we ever watched. That was the last episode Shane and I ever reviewed on that on this channel. We were reviewing every episode. When that happened, like, we're done. It's over. It's over. It's over. You can go Flash back and look at that wins. episode. It's literally the last one we ever did. We never came. It back. is. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> What's funny about this story is that uh, Zack Snyder doesn't want Grant Gustin to replace Ezra Miller because he's going to have to bring Iris with him in order for them to be the Flash together. And that's why he doesn't want it. No, that's, that's not what this story says. I'm sorry, guys. That's not it. Oh, man. There's only one person who can fit in the suit. Only one. It's not four legs and four arms. Two. Oh, man, dude. There. The Flash went. It was so weird. That show had so much potential. Just great show. It went from like a really good, a good show, good actors. Tom Cavanaugh is a stud. Such great, like thought, you know, uh, compelling television with a cool superhero and and some comedy and some levity, and it was fun, right? And it just slowly over like eight seasons became this unwatchable, unbearable, cringe-tastic show about what looks like a a version of the Flash that is so beaten down by his family and the people around him (laughs) that he just wants to kill himself and he doesn't know how. (laughs) Yeah, it does seem like that, yeah. You know, what was really great about it is it was it was actually a uh, it felt like a comic book TV show. Right. Like you felt like you were reading a comic book watching that show, which was cool. So what Zack Snyder has to say here is very interesting. Uh, It's not that he probably doesn't think that Grant Gustin is a good actor. Uh, What he says is that Grant Gustin plays a more. um, It's a different tone, right? Uh, Grant Gustin is a little more. positive funnier has a more mild tone compared to the dcu flash because the dcu flash is dirt is dark and wait Ezra miller wasn't dark no. he didn't, his character wasn't he no. was the funny one yeah i think he's talking about the actor um because because the actor is dark and a pedophile and <laughs> he's talking about yeah the, the reverse flash yeah, I, I think that, yeah, because, yeah, the, even in the Snyder Cut, like, the fun, the funny character was Barry Allen. That's right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's much difference between those two characters, other than the setting. Let me tell you, let me tell you what I think the difference is. Uh, Zack Snyder's Flash is not a superhero. Zack Snyder's Flash is a reluctant person who has some superhero powers who does what he's basically told to do. Mm. Barry Allen, Grant Gustin's version of Barry Allen, he's a superhero. Mm. He's the front man. He's the lead. He's the strong one. And they don't want the Flash in the, in the, in the, 
with a bunch of other superheroes to be the the front character. Right. So so let Grant Gustin be the Flash. You're going to bring in a ton of fans who already love Grant Gustin to watch the movie. Yeah. Plus, nobody's whoever's not heard of Grant Gustin who's who will still go watch DCEU movies. They're going to come anyways to watch him do it. Right. And give the guy a chance. So I don't hey, agree with Zach on this. And you know you know why I, I, I'm with you here and not with Zack Snyder? Because I'm your brother and you better well be. They can only bring one character. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, the, and yeah. you, know, you know what the problem is with the Flash TV show? Not the Flash. That Flash is not the problem. It's right. everyone around him. That is sucking the life force out of that person. Like, what are those mythical creatures are? The women that, like, suck people? Succubus? A succubus. They're like TV show succubuses just (laughs) sucking the life out of the character that is the Flash. If you remove him from that TV show, it, it is, it's sort of like when you rescue a dog from a breeder. You know, mm. or from one of those like really gnarly like puppy factories, it's like yeah. that. It's like when if they actually brought Flash over, in my head I would hear Alanis Morissette in the arms of an angel, <laughs> and I would see Barry's Barry's face fly away from me, and and Barry's Barry's face coming through the speed force as he as he enters the Zack Snyder, and, of, and we've saved him. We've saved him from the the emotionally abusive succubuses that is the Flash TV show. Mm, I like it. What's interesting about this article is it goes on to say that the most of the reason why we're even going to the theaters to watch this movie is to see Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck both play different versions of Batman. And I'm like, that's not the reason we're going to the movie. No, 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 that. That, bonus. At, at best, that's a bonus. I'm going for the Flash. This is the Flash's movie, guys. Yeah. What are you talking about? What? They do have a problem, though. They got a problem. Ezra Miller is un. He's done. He is just done. Yeah. If if the guy doesn't go to prison, then I'm surprised. Oh, even if he doesn't go to prison, he's never going to be. He's never going to work in Hollywood again. I mean, there's just too many weird things going on here. Too many things he's doing. That just aren't right. Nobody's going to want to hire him. He's yeah. just, you know, he's a loose cannon. Yeah. So what do they do? They need to replace him. So they still have to replace Ezra. No, yeah, no matter what they do. Okay. So from what I've heard, that's another thing too. I, I did some heavy research in this topic. And from what I heard, uh, the screenings for The Flash, like the test screenings, yeah, went really well with uh, test audiences to the point where the studio is now sort of banking like their, their whole DCU EU future on this movie. That's why wow. they changed like the dates around and all that. Yeah. Cause they make, they want to make sure that the flash comes after these other DC properties because it is like, like a whole, it's a big reboot uh, type thing. So the movie yeah. is playing really well. It tested really well. Um, the studio has high hopes for this movie to the point where they're already like marketing it years ahead of time. Um, all the indications that the movie, honestly, and not just saying this, honestly feels like they have a hit here. Uh, 
are out there. So if that's the case, they're going to continue this franchise. Like they're not going to just be like, Oh, we had a great flash movie. Thanks guys. No, it's going to, they're going to continue it. And they, they lost Henry Cavill or pretty much. They lost Ben maybe, Affleck. Maybe not. Maybe not. Right. They, they lost Ben Affleck or pretty much. And they're losing all these like characters that are a part of this flash movie. Right. Yeah. So they can't really lose Ezra. Well, they have to lose Ezra. So now they need to replace him. Now, here's here's where I think it's going to happen. I think that because they have to replace this character and they don't want it to be such a shock to the fans, I think that this is the moment we can get Henry Cavill back as Superman. Mm. Good call. Why not just pay that dude whatever the hell you got to pay him to keep being Superman? Right. For real. Why not? I don't understand. He's, he's the he's best Superman, Superman since... Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves. Thank you. Yes. Um, he's he's outstanding. He yeah. wants to do it. And the only thing that's stopping you, literally the only thing, is that you guys can't agree on a price. Hello? Solve that problem. Pay him more. Pay him more. He's worth it. And Man of Steel made tons of money. Bat- however you feel about Batman vs. Superman, made tons of money. The only like ad- the only loss there would have been the Justice League, and we all know the shenanigans that went around with the Justice mm-hmm. League. It's not like you actually got Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Justice League in the cor- in the correct format. You had the first two movies that came out correctly, then you had a movie that came out that was mired in controversy. The Zack Snyder lost his daughter. He took off. You hired a completely different director with a different, completely different tone that came in. He absolutely butchered the script, changed the movie, cut out almost an hour out of the out of the story, and the theatrical release of that movie um, wasn't well received. Oh, surprise, surprise! It wasn't made by the same people. It was like a different movie with the same actors. So you have a winning formula here. You just had some bumpy spots along the along the way, halfway because of your own inability to be flexible. Because had you told Zack Snyder, hey man, take the time you need and come back and finish your movie, because Zack Snyder didn't ask to be to be let go from that movie. He said he needed a break. He wasn't planning on leaving it. He wanted an extension. The studio wouldn't give him an extension. And so instead they replaced him. And this is what happens. So the studio, their own, their actions are constantly tripping up the DCEU. So they can, they can slow down and go, okay, we're losing the, we're losing the flash. This for, for, for once, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You're losing this character. So you can fix it by going to the guy, Henry Cavill, who almost on a weekly basis posts that he wants to be Superman and just give him the money he's asking for. And to make it even weirder, his manager is the same manager of both The Rock, Black Adam, and Shazam. Um, what's his real name? Zachary Levi. Mm-hmm. You have you're working with the with the same group of people that are working <laughs> with Henry Cavill. Just hire Henry Cavill. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna eat some crow on this one. I think. I mean, Superman is the one of the most iconic characters of all time. 
You need to have the best person playing them. That's it. Yes, and you can to- you can totally you can distract fans easily by saying, "Yeah, we're losing Ezra Miller as a flash, but recasting this person, who cares?" Right? Let's say it's yeah. Grant Gustin. Let's say it's I don't know anybody. It James really could be Jones. Anybody. Who cares? Anyone? If if you if you uh, follow that news with we have we've we've rehired Henry Cavill mm-hmm. as Superman then no one cares. No one cares anymore about who's playing the Flash. It's a good point, man. Well said. So this was supposed to be a Flash video, but it's really a Henry Cavill video. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, it's... Look, I... That's the only thing, too. Like, uh, you're right. But it's another thing is that Ben Affleck said he wasn't coming back for Batman, yet he came back... He came back for Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. That's next time yeah. cut. And then after enjoying his time redoing that movie, he then his scenes got re-injected into Flashpoint. So he wasn't gonna come back from Flash for Flashpoint. Well now he's back for his scenes in Flashpoint. So it looks like Ben Affleck's relationship with the studio is being repaired now that now that uh what's his name? Uh Joss Whedon's gone, right? Yeah. Which means that we can probably get this back on track. We got Ben Affleck in the movie. We got Black Adam coming out with Shazam. We got Aquaman coming out. Everything. We can get this back on track. You lost Ezra Miller. Use that opportunity to sort of force your hand, quote unquote, and get the correct gang back together and you'll be good. Let's get the band back together, guys. Come on. Get the band back together. I know there's people out there that hate DC, but... Why? I, yeah, we don't really understand those people because we love DC. I mean, I grew up watching Superman and Batman. I don't know why anybody hates DC. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I like the DC. Yeah. All right. So uh, that said, we are the Flash. We are the podcast. <laughs> we are the podcast, and run. that's literally true. Shane, run, Shane, run. <sighs> you know what's funny is in that show. It's a quick side note before we go. Um, I remember the first time they said that when Tab, Tom Kavanaugh's character, he was, he was like <clears throat> playing a character that was playing another character, and it was very cool. But he's training Barry Allen, and he's and he's there was that they finally did that line from the comic books where they're like, "Run, Barry, run," and right. it was like, "Yeah, that line's awesome," and he delivers it perfectly, right? Everyone, everyone held their breath and lost it because like that was awesome, and then they. Did that again, and again, and and again, and again, and then it was run Iris run, run Iris run, right. and run this person run, and everyone is constantly telling Barry to run, and you've you've taken this moment, you've taken this moment that was so epic and earned, and you made it cheap, you made it made it cheap and gross and every time you say it now I, I feel dirty so thank <laughs> like you like you've been to Thailand like, God, Shane. That, everyone that's watching this didn't have they have no context well they need to go and watch the live <clears throat> show from last Thursday and you will understand the Thailand comments ah, yeah. great you're just really trying to just throw put all my stuff out there I made a mistake I didn't no, you don't have to explain you don't have to explain let him go see it all right, that's it. We're out. 
Love you guys. On the way to uh, the comment section to tell Shane your favorite place to visit in Thailand, please hit the subscribe button, the like button, and the alert button. Let us know you care. Let us know you want to see more of this mm. epic meltdown. My slow and 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 gradual descent into chaos. Insanity. Yes. Insanity. Because that's yes. what's happening right now. Yes, I so, agree. That said, run, audience. Run. <laughs> All right. Hit the, that's hit, good. Hit, hit the chat. <clears throat> Well done, dude. Well done. Thanks, man. <laughs> run, audience, run. Yeah, the best, the new season has the best flash suit, but every episode is run, Barry. Run. God, oh, it makes me, I, I get physical, like, I get sick now when I hear that statement. It bothers me so much. <clears throat> yeah, I can't watch it. I'm just not going to. It's too bad, too. I really liked it. Yeah, Ezra Miller's part was a big part of uh, Harry Potter too. Oh, was he? I never watched those either. Yeah, so w- Warner Brothers is getting wrecked by Ezra Miller right now. I wonder if he's okay with just wrecking his whole life. Yeah, to open open your he he literally opened his jacket. He showed off a gun. That's and said, your problematic speech is anti-woke. And something like that. He literally like said, like your speech is problematic and we're going to have a problem. Like He's like the ultimate SJW. He's like, oh. he's like the final evolutionary form of the purple-haired SJWs. So he's like a really <clears throat> angry transgender. But he's, he's like even... the ones you see, like they got made videos of him like going crazy in stores and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but he's not even transgender, though. No, he is. He says he is, but he no. So he dresses. He dresses awkwardly, but yeah. he's but he but half the stuff out there is him. He's front facing as a male, and okay. when you go to like the award shows and all that, he's wearing weird, like half, you know, weird stuff, and he identifies as they them. But I, I don't know, man. I don't think I don't think he's transgender because he's not trying to change his gender. He is just like his gender's all over the place. It's a spectrum, dude. Okay, so we don't know. No, he's literally Ezra's a character literally from Scott Pilgrim. That's great. It's true. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, four well, hours. That's it, everyone. Uh, I still have to edit all these clips and. Uh, and reviews and stuff, so it's going to be a long night for this guy. And Shane has to write not one, but two videos. Because if Sunday's video is is not received well, we're going to pull it and put up another video. <laughs> well, we won't pull it. We'll just put up another one. I want to put up another one. Yeah, we'll pull it. Yeah. Got to do. We got to do. All right. Well, good luck with that, my bro. Everyone, we love you so much. Thanks for being here. Thank we you, members. Will- We'll see you guys uh, tomorrow, Sunday, next week, and all the days in between. Archmage Phrase, Kenneth Roke, uh, Jeremy, all you guys. I'm missing someone, I'm sure, but you guys are great. Thank you so much. Have a great, a great night, and we'll see you.